Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your team, Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Will somebody get us another drink? Welcome to Jim and Tomic's Musical Theater Happy Hour, the only musical theater podcast with comebacks and cosmos. The only one. How are hey. you? How are you, Jimmy? Ah, oh, so good. It's been 45 years. <laughs> that was a, a, no, that was a mixture mm-hmm. of uh, the genie mm-hmm. in Aladdin. It's been, you know, like, right, like, yeah. God, is it glad to be out? Like, that, that was a mixture of that and the Titanic quote. I'm not, take, take your pick. <laughs> See, I was going to go more with an Elaine Stritch style, like, well, I'm not going to wait 20 more years to sing the song. What are you all laughing at? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> it's either Elaine Stretch, Aladdin, or The Old Woman in Titanic. These are the options that you have to that's, go with. That's all we got. Those are our only social references. Take your pick, listeners. <laughs> um, hooray! Look at us. I know. We're, this, still, ali- we're still alive. The, we're, rumors, <laughs> the rumors are true. The rumors of our departure from the internet have been greatly exaggerated. <laughs> exactly. They have. Um, no, we're living. I know. We are living. Living! Etc. Speaking um, of... What are you drinking today, Jimmy? Oh, gosh. I am drinking this. It's totally... Mm, it was wine. It's now vinegar because it's been this <laughs> because it's long. it's been that long. I'm... But it's fine. I'm drinking it anyway. <laughs> good for you. Good for you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I don't, I'm, I'm drinking a new brew this year. <laughs> oh! <laughs> new year, new me. New year, new me. New brew. 30 and flirty? 30, no, don't remind me. Jimmy and Dirty I both got, got gay dead this year, so. Yeah, I know. We've been That's com- how we died. That's, That's what really the internet what was really talking about. <laughs> and we're obviously dead. Like, <laughs> literally every day I wake up and my knees crack and my hips hurt. Oh my god. Isn't it terrible? I was painting my friend's apartment yesterday. <laughs> I am in agony. It's like the, the deepest pain in this arm. All the time. I'm like, what? How did this just happen? I know. What what curse so has been placed on me? Yeah, 
It's because we haven't been making podcasts. That's really what it is. This is how we get our life force. Well, Tommy, though, what are we going to talk about today? I mean, probably. Is this where you cut in the clip of... Tony, 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 Tony! Yes, because... Tis the season. Tis the season. The 73rd annual Tony Awards airing, what, this coming Sunday? This week. Yep, yep, yep. On Um, NBC. I'm buzzing. I can't wait to have an awful live stream (laughs) and battle with that for about eight hours. I know. I know. I'm still thinking through, like, living in mountain time now. Everyone's decided we don't have to watch everything live. And so I have to dive through internet hoops and attend to watch like gosh can i tell you how hard it was to watch went to watch rent live and then finally got it up and running just to realize that it was pre-recorded and also that it was rent live uh, and also that it was rent live smack me in yes. the head with a wheelchair uh, wow, i forgot that happened so much has happened so much we have so but we can't oh. talk about it all right now because we need We're to not talk talking about, about the tonys exactly and do you know what mm-hmm. i we had a chat not that long ago and i was disparaging yes you were? I was disparaging. And since I have sunk my teeth into the 73rd annual Tony Awards, and do you know what? I'm excited. It's a fun season. It right now. There's I'm some, excited. There's some fun stuff to watch for this year, I think. Yes. Last year, I was jaded. After yep. the Great Comet fallout two years ago, I was like, I'll never listen to musical theater again. Yep. And like dreading the SpongeBob win that thankfully didn't come to fruition. It didn't happen. Once in a silent one and everything was great again. Mm-hmm. And right. now we are on the other side. Things are things are getting better. <laughs> oh, Maybe. It's getting better. Do you know that song? No. Mama Cass? Growing strong. It's, if it's not, when they make a Mama Cass musical, then I'll know that song. Oh, that will be probably next probably season. Probably next season. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. Um, excellent. So, well, I think our plan... Ladies and gentlemen, and all that's in between, we are going to run through mm-hmm. all of the nominated shows. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk a little bit about them, and I don't know, see what see what we feel like. See what we feel like. See see if we get into it. I think we yes. get into it a little bit. I'm excited. Oh, I think we'll get into it. I think our last twenty one was about three hours. So yeah. So this one, you know, if you've got like a seven hour car ride ahead of you, hit play. We'll be here. Exactly. This is what this is for. Um, yeah, fasten your seatbelts. Oh, it's man. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Shall um, we? Let's do it. Hadestown. 
Hades Town, the most nominated. Most nominated, up to up for fourteen awards this year. Uh, it opened just this past April, April seventeenth. Yep. It's at the Walter Kerr. Um, the cast album. I'm a little bummed, Jimmy. The cast album was mm-hmm. announced to come out June seventh, which is Friday. I know. Um, I know. But there is talk that it might be delayed or kind of uh, drip, drop, dribble released across, which is fine. Um, it's fine, but I'm also like, why? Well, I mean, I I would have been like, why until I until we got our like backstage tour of how the, the sausage gets made with some of this cast album uh, stuff. You, you know what? You're very right. Like this, yeah. it is you know because same thing happened with Great Comet. Same thing happened with Great Comet. You have yep. this you know really short recording session, and then you got to master it really quick. And Hades Town very clearly Hades Town. We should. Hades Town is a show that has been on hey, a journey is that? <laughs> for maybe almost a decade now, I think. Um, yeah, I guess. First workshops. Um, then it played in Canada. Then it played over in, in London, right? In, the, in my London. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. And now finally has made it to, to Broadway. Um, yeah. Oh, and there was a, an off-Broadway tryout a while ago, too. Mm-hmm. Um it is a retelling of Orpheus and Eurydice in a kind of post-apocalyptic steampunk-inspired menage like of a world. Funky world. Yeah, it's cool. I, I really else. like this show, Jimmy. Yeah, it's for the edgy kids. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Great Comet 2, Electric Boogaloo, directed In some ways, yours and mine. Yep, Miss Chav Ken. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you're told, it is. It is in many ways... Uh, it feels like Great Comet 2. It felt like Great Comet 2 the first time I listened to it. Even though they're completely set. Other, you know, Rachel Tavkin is yeah. the only thing linking them. I exactly. guess I'm great. But, you know, the, in terms of production, yeah, very, that's the only thing. Very different. But it it, it, it feels like a sign of a, a new musical theater. Yeah. It's it's like, let's be arty. Yeah. Let's be... Un- and unashamedly so. Yes. Yes. Unashamedly, unabashedly artful. Yes. Um, and not not um, embrace that audiences are stupid. Like let the audience exactly. follow along and be smart. Um, now you can, if you want to hear like some deep thought about Hades Time, we did a podcast on that so a while you can ago. Head on back, yeah, and and listen to that. Um, but we'll, we'll kind of I don't know, give a few of our opinions because actually I'm intrigued. Mm-hmm. Have your opinions changed much since? Because it's it's gone through a bit of a transformation. It's gone through a bit of a transformation. I am, for one, very we ha- this new thing's happening. It happened with Be More Chill, and maybe we'll talk about it later. Where now yes, we're getting we like whole hog revision re-recordings of contemporary musicals, not like reinterpretations yep. of in like a revival form. Um, yeah, and you don't often get that insight into the writing process, right? Seeing what was mm-hmm. cut, what was added, what was changed, why was it changed? And I am. Fully excited to sit down and listen to the new cast recording and totally. look at the differences between it and the you know the old one the same way we did with Great Comet um, exactly and I really hope I haven't well I guess it doesn't exist yet I hope that um, like an AS Mitchell will go into like you know like genius.com and yeah. add in some of the annotations and things because it is just really interesting I remember with Great Comet it was so exciting hearing them be like well we really wanted to beef out this character more so we completely right. transformed this song right. and you know if you are a creative person if you're involved in any sort of writing process it is always so interesting to yeah. see how other people edit yes. and why they make the changes why they make why did you cut why did you add well and I do think I like in comparison to 
maybe what was the old guard of like out of town tryouts and rewriting where like Mm -hmm. you cut a song because the actor can't quite land it or Mm -hmm. act one is a little long and you need to cut it down. And certainly I do think some of those decisions happen, but it seemed very much like great comet. And I, I expect the same for Hades town that a lot of these changes are very, very story adjacent. Like, mm-hmm. how can we tell this story in the best way possible? And totally. both Comet and Hades Town, like, this is why it is Great Comet 2, like, are so deeply tied to being a story. Like, yep. the story that it is is kind of the existence of the piece. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I knew about that. And, and so that makes any kind of storytelling cut or change that much more interesting and insightful. Totally. Yeah, I, I love that. And I think. Particular, so particularly with Comet, it was interesting you talk about like star turns in Agnimin because obviously mm-hmm. when they brought in Josh Groban, they brought in Dustin Ashes. Right. Um, but it, that wasn't, oh shit, we need a belty number. Uh, right. We need to stick in this. Right. You know what I mean, it was, no, we want to explore Pierre in a much deeper fashion. Mm-hmm. Here's this song, Josh Groban, feel free to nail it. Like right. it was that kind of thing. Yeah. It, yeah. Was, it was Josh Groban's for the taking as opposed to we need this Right. For Josh. Yes. Yeah. It was, you know, it is fascinating. Maybe I'll find a, a link to this video and see if I can put it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched a video recently about uh, the change that Robin Williams' participation in voice recording Aladdin brought to animated features as a whole. As a whole? Yeah. Stick with me for a second. Um, okay. How well-versed are you on, like, Robin Williams' beef with Disney over Aladdin? Um... He, not well versed he signed on like b- prior to that a lot of voice recording for musicals were character actors and like voice talent and like people who that was their business right mm-hmm. and then you know like look at the little mermaid and the the most famous voice actor i don't know right there's no one um yeah they're singers yeah. and performers um yeah, totally. and then with aladdin they had this idea well you know, we they want to write this genie character. They want him to be this, like, shape-shifting, bombastic character and, like, mm-hmm. wrote it for Robin Williams, for his particular talent. Right. Um, and, you know, tried to poach him and got him, clearly. And he signed on under one pretty huge condition, that the genie not be used as, like, a marketing gimmick for Disney. Like, Robin Williams is the genie in Aladdin, right? Right, okay. He wanted to participate in it in an artful, you know, like, work with the people who do the best art, Disney. Um, yeah. And Disney was like, yeah, okay. And then a month later, he was a McDonald's toy. And, like, you know, totally screwed him over. And so he's not in Aladdin 2 because of his beef. And... Yeah. Um, oh. And then eventually they got him back for Aladdin 3 and there's other stuff. The thesis of the YouTube video essay, which is very well done, is that from that point onward, we've seen a resurgence of like all these animated movies cast with people that you recognize um, mm-hmm. to, you know, come and get that kind of star turn. And finally, we're starting, you know, look at Frozen now. Adina Menzel, maybe, right? But picked because she's talented not because people yep. want to come see adina menzel in and, frozen yeah, yeah. Um, and we're seeing now more and more of that in this kind of new animation renaissance we're having yeah. and i i feel a very similar thing happening in whatever this new musical theater world we're entering in like sure we have the josh grobens of our world but even like some of the more you know we'll get down to like beetlejuice and tootsie like 
they have people we recognize in them, but yep. not not people who are famous because they're in big movies. Exactly, um, exactly. They're they're Broadway stars. Yeah, and that's I'm fine with that. Yeah, and that's I'm fine with that star casting. That's cool. That's really yeah. cool. And Hades Town, yeah. you know, has a bunch of great actors in it, and it I think does. It shows. And they're yeah, they're seasoned act. Like that's the thing is they're seasoned actors. They're very used to a stage. There's there's no one in that principal cast lineup who hasn't been on yeah. a Broadway stage. Is that right? Right. It's a good question. It's certainly in the principal. Eva, Eva Noblezada. I don't know. If she she did Miss Saigon when it came yeah. back. Yeah. 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 I think. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's fantastic, and that is a hundred percent the example that they should be setting. We don't need, you know, whoever. Right. I'm trying to think of a really bad example of someone. Um. I'll just look but at maybe I can't because it's been going really well so far. Well, it seems to be it. the new trend, you know, like we're yeah. we're no longer like pulling Jay Z into Chicago or whatever we used to do. Right. Um, we can now actually get some people who whose job it is to do these things, and so they're good exactly. at it. Exactly, and they're very good at it. Yeah. Um, so here, well, a great little seg. Let's talk about some of the people mm. who are nommed for. Uh, the Tonys. So, should we go in order? Sure. I leave Let's this to you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, so, for Best Actress, no Best Actor Award for Reeve Carney, which is a shame. Um, but, oh well. Uh, but we do have a Best Actress Award for Eva Noblezada. Mm-hmm. Um, who, yeah, Miss Saigon. Mm-hmm. We'll remember her from the recent revival of that. Um, potentially has done other stuff. I actually don't know. I think she's done a couple other things. I was surprised okay. that um, uh, was it TV TV Carpio TV Carpio um, didn't fo- didn't continue with the cast because she was um, uh, is that uh, Eurydice um, yeah. in the Citadel Theater Canadian production? Um, yeah, and I I expected her to continue through, but so right this is this is where <laughs> this is where i find it really difficult with Hades Town. yes we may as well get into this because this is my only this is my current like great okay i have listened to that cast album so goddamn much uh-huh. that anyone else now i'm I like know. i know it's gonna be hard you? yeah especially reef carney yeah i can't yeah because damon dono i still don't know how to pronounce his name um who will thankfully get to talk about in a little bit um he isn't there and i miss him i miss him too he his voice is perfection yeah. in some ways yeah so um but yeah for those two cast changes i thought it just really interesting and is is it a case of you know reeve carney and eva are bigger names like eva's very fresh right. at or the you know do people have different projects they're signed on to you never know yep yep um yeah that's the thing is we, we will never know the backs the backstory of that yeah so we can only conjecture, but even though Posada is the one who's there, and um, yeah, she's she is very good, and she adds a completely new flavor to it. Yes, she does, which I think is nice. Yeah. And she is, um, you know, I, I'm very happy she's around. Yes. I really love her voice. Yes. I really, really do. Yeah. Um, do you want to take the next one? You can uh, do this one, Andre De Shields. Do. As well done, Thomas. Fantastic oh. work. Did I do that right? Yes, you did. Thank Andre you, De Shields. Yeah. As Hermes, who? Oh man. In in some of the show clips uh, that they're putting out, like in preparation for the Tonys, he just seems yep. awesome, man. Oh yeah, man, he just, he, just like the coolest human. Oh, he's got <laughs> such, a, such a great energy, and you know, Hermes yep. is the kind of like narrator follow through through this whole thing. Yeah, and 
boy, boy, is he got it. Yeah, I'm, he really, really does. Yeah, like, um, yeah, it, it just it's 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 the kind of it's the kind of style that we just don't really have anymore on Broadway. Like, there's no one. There's no one like him. You know, it, re- it rings to me like Ben Vereen. Yes, you know, exactly example, like Ben Vereen. Days. In a very um, Pippin-esque Ben Vereen vibe. Um, totally. And like... Um, to the point where I'm like, I wonder if they ever work together. Because if not, I want to see the two mm, of them in something. Yes, absolutely. You know what I mean? That yeah. would be so cool. Because Ooh. they're both still very active and they can both still do it. Oh, yeah. You know I mean? They can really do they it. They can get it, So absolutely. that would be, well, that would they, be cool. They are, you know... They are storytellers. They are performers through and mm-hmm. through, and it shows. Yep. And it and it's what this show needs in that role. Yep, exactly. And actually, this is one of the roles because, um, weirdly enough, I've I've now I've kind of gone like weirdly full circle. When the new cast album comes out, I'll be listening to that, obviously. But I've gone right back and started listening to a lot of the original Aeneas Mitchell album, mm-hmm. um, and it has a much more kind of New Orleans, yeah. Like, uh, no, it's not bluegrass. It is that kind of gospely, that gospely like uh, rich southern blues. sounds. Yeah, 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 blue. Th- yeah, um, and the uh, singer that they had for the um, like off Broadway cast album, I guess, mm-hmm. um, evoked that in his voice. Yeah, Andre Shields is something completely different, right? And he's a bit darker and he's a bit eerier. Yeah, he he seems a little dangerous. Yeah. And, like, not in the same way that, like, Patrick Page is outright dangerous as, yes. as Hades, but in a way that, like, you can tell that he knows something and that he knows that you know that he's keeping a secret, but he's yeah. going to keep it anyway. He's got that Cheshire Cat vibe. Yes. Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, the MC from Cabaret vibe. That, mm-hmm. like, there's something going on there that you're not telling us, but I'm fine with it because you're that charismatic. Yes. Absolutely. And so much fun. Lead me through on this story. Exactly. And I think he fits this new production. Mm-hmm. Yes. Really, really well. Yeah. Um, so that's great. We also have Mr. Patrick Page. Mr. Patrick Page. Uh, thank God. Praising the role. He doesn't have to be the Green Goblin anymore. Yes, I know. I know this is kind of like <laughs> Hades Town has become like the Spider-Man redemption storyline <laughs> for, for Reeve Carney and Patrick Page. And thank goodness. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Now, Patrick Page, obviously we talked about this in the Hades Town podcast, but... Um, You'll know him probably maybe from Hunchback. Maybe from Hunchback, yeah. I hope, yeah. I ho- like, Patrick Page is awesome and certainly doesn't need a star turn, but I hope this is his star turn. I hope this Definitely. is the role he is known for. Because he kills it. He absolutely does. And he, you know, he handles it like, we, I, again, we talked about this in the Hades Time uh, podcast, but Hades is a really tricky character because he's one of these villains that isn't necessarily a villain. Right. You know, he's just an extremely conflicting character. Yeah. And so um, you, and Patrick Page handles it so well. Yes. Uh, because you don't really hate him. No. No, you don't. You're, you, you like, want to but can't. Yeah. Um, and is, like, the first time I played clips of this for my boyfriend and you hear mm-hmm. Patrick Page go into Why Do We Build the Wall with that deep, mm-hmm. deep baritone. Mm. Man, oh, man, it's something else. Mm-hmm. You know, like the... Yeah, it's just like Comet, like taking advantage of, you know, the strange, interesting things we can do with our voice. Exactly. Exactly. Like, you know, why not have a bass up front and center? Yeah. As a, as a lead. What, you, name, name another, I dare you, internet. Tell me a role with a, a deeper average range 
that is a protagonist or you know a lead role on Broadway. Yep, and it's consistent. Yeah, not like I mean? they it's hit one or two low notes, but like this is where they sit. Yeah, exactly. This is how it's been written, yeah. and it makes sense that it's been written. Exactly. Alex Gibson from Comet is waiting in the wings, everyone. <laughs> so exactly, he's ready to take on the the Patrick Page crown. Uh, um, and then, last but not least, Amber Gray. As I always get the Greek names confused, she is Persephone. Persephone, um, yes. and has been Persephone as long as Patrick Page has been Hades. Yes, exactly. Which is oh, lovely. That's isn't lovely, it? and she's fantastic as always. Of course. Yep, and she again. She uh, something about this cast, and it was had the same flavor in Comet. Yeah, it, they're just very cool. Like they're just really cool. They're cool. Like, yeah, you know. I mean, there's just something about it. they just sing, march to the beat of their own drum, and unapologetically yeah. brilliant. Well, because I think it's quite interesting when when we did mm-hmm. the um, cast recording stuff. Yeah, um, I found it really interesting that Amber Gray was kind of never there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But it wasn't, at no point did I ever feel it was because she was detached from right. it or she was like, I'm above this or anything no. like that. I think it was just, she just was doing her She's own thing. She's got other things going on. You know, that, yeah. I do think very much Hadestown, this is this is a collection of artists doing their art. Um, mm. And sometimes there's some contemporary Broadway shows where it feels like a group of actors getting through the musical. Um, yep. But this is a group of people who like, they, you know, they can tell you everything about their character, right? Mm-hmm. They they could mm-hmm. walk you through every subtle nuance of their costume. Totally, um, and it's like let's create together. There's so much vibe of that. Like, um, there's there was in where they were in tech, uh, and AS Mitchell put loads of videos on Instagram, mm-hmm. and it's totally worth going back and looking at yeah. them because there's some great stuff there where they're just like messing about and singing random stuff on stage, and they're all doing it together, and I'm like. That is that's the kind of thing I love, and yeah. again, Comet had the exact same yep. thing, and it's, well, and and I don't mean to you know bash some of the more commercial musicals because I think they certainly have a place in this world. Oh, totally. I think sometimes you know we're we're artists and we're we're masturbatory to the core. I think, yeah. And so we like this sort of stuff. I sometimes wonder, like, what would you know, I think as much as it, she's a little crazy, Julie Taymor got it right with The Lion King. That, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. when you embrace some of that artistry with a commercial piece, it can become so much greater than you ever intended it to be. Totally. And, you know, it's nice to see that spirit alive and well and living yeah. way down underground it's, in Hadestown. That's the thing. Is it's, like, it's like, don't be scared that your audience might not take to it. Just allow them that chance yeah. to... Get on board. Yeah, figure out how to get them there instead of yeah. dumbing it down so they don't have to make the journey. Exactly. Lion King is the perfect example for that. It really, really is because it, there's nothing. There's still nothing like it. There's still nothing like it. Um, yeah. And it's it works, and it is one of the you know it is in many ways a perfect musical yeah. because it does everything very very well, and it is artistic af. So yeah, yeah. Full yeah. show. What do you yep. think, this has been a thing that's rolling around in my head for a lot of these shows, but specifically about mm. Hadestown, what mm. do you think they're going to perform at the Tonys? I know. Because they did way down Hadestown at uh, whatever Good Morning America, and yeah. they often don't repeat what they do there. Exactly. I don't think they'll do way down Hadestown. I think they could do uh-huh. um, <clears throat> Lady of the Underground. I could see Lady of the Underground. I wonder if, I wonder if they're going to do bits of Build the Wall. Um, it seems slower and not quite Tony's 
you know. And I also wouldn't yeah. be surprised if they do a big mega mix. They certainly don't have like a balaga to pull out of their back pocket. <laughs> no, they don't. Uh, yeah, because I wonder, because a lot of the promo footage is the new Wait For Me reprise. Yeah. Um, which is, I really, really love it actually. And I think it's it's very stirring. Yeah. Um, so I could see them maybe putting some of that in. So yeah, maybe a bit of a mishmash. But then Anais Mitchell's a musician. Right. And Rachel Chafkin is a director. Like she, like the great comet nailed that Tony's yeah. performance was oh, God, undoubtedly yeah. the best that night. Um, so I don't doubt they'll probably have some tricks up their sleeve. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm really excited. I'm excited for whatever it is. Hades, Hades yeah. town is high on my list across the board this season. Exactly. Uh, yeah. It, it, <clears throat> I would say same. Um, it, it's, it's interesting. Like a lot of the, I'm still getting to grips with the changes and I'm hoping that when the cast album comes out, mm-hmm. I will be on board with it. Uh-huh. it. You know, it's just change. Nobody likes change. Of course, change <laughs> um, is hard. Yeah, especially with things that you, you know, you love dearly. Yeah. So um, at the moment, I'm a bit like, what are you doing on my show? <laughs> uh, and one of the things that when we get to talk about maybe the best director nomination mm-hmm. and I, this, what I'm about to say might be sacrilegious to us in this <laughs> podcast, but um, I don't know if the move to Pross Arch mm-hmm. and the move to End On mm-hmm. has benefited the show. Now, I understand. I understand why. Yeah. There's no way around it. Well. It had, had to be, you know I mean? I mean? Circle group was taken. True. But Great Comet had a way around it. Like there's always a way around it. Yeah. True. Yeah, okay. Come on, Rachel. I mean, I... <laughs> What'd you play like? <laughs> I do think... And there is... There was a recent promo footage that just came out of Town, maybe mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. yesterday on the day we're recording this, um, yeah. of like the journey of Town, And there yeah. is... There's a really tiny clip in it that is like just breaks my heart and is amazing. But it's... Mm-hmm. They're like raising their glass in that moment of the show. And mm-hmm. I think it's Andre who's out down front holding his cup in the air and someone in the front row also holds their cup up and they cheers across the proscenium line. Um, That's really cute. I hope if it's, if it's like, that's the sort of thing they got to like put a note under that person's seat and be like, do this every time. Here's your free drink ticket. So you can have this moment in the show because it's important. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But, you know, if they were still in the round, that would be the easiest thing in the world to yep. do. Yep. Well, and we'll get to Oklahoma and I think talk more about what is in Circle in the Square right now because it's fascinating. Oh, yes, we will. So I think, yeah, with, with 14 noms, it's going to do well. They're going to win some, that's for sure. Although they said that about Comet. That's true. And then, you know, we cried ourselves to sleep for a week and a half. Um, a week? Still doing it. <laughs> no, <I'm joking. sighs> I fell into, I was, you know trolling around for research for this podcast and was mm-hmm. like paging through YouTube videos. And then there was a suggested uh, great comet bootleg, which of course I clicked on. Um, mm-hmm. And then like 30 minutes later, I was like, Oh God, I need to be doing work. Why am I yeah. still watching this shaky cam footage from the, that you've seen three times from the far balcony? <laughs> you know what I mean? What's wrong with me? <laughs> exactly. Do you know why? Because it's a different experience wherever you sit. Revolutionary. <laughs> oh, anyway, sorry. Hades time. Hades time. Great Town. work. It's going to be great.
The life and times of the Temptations, Jimmy. <laughs> About time we had a Temptations musical. <sighs> That's what I say. Um, I, I mean, right. So I know some of the Temptations songs. <laughs> I was surprised at how many Temptation songs I knew listening to this cast album. Ain't Too Proud of the yes. Life and Times of the Temptations is another bio-musical yeah. about musical artists that we keep seeing. This one seems to have a lot in common with Jersey Boys, including it's, it's, its lead producer. Uh, yes, um, and the same director, Derek McEnough. Des McEnough. Des McEnough. I mean, McEnough, Derek, Des. He, he <laughs> likes to go. His official Sunday name is Derek. I actually think, is that right? No, Desmond, doesn't matter. Um, So, yes, very much like Jersey Boys, but The Temptations. Yeah. I don't have any patience for this show, Jimmy. I have some patience for it. I have, like, some patience for it. Because I really love Jersey Boys. I saw Jersey Boys. When it made it, <laughs> <laughs> just like that. If that's how you ended that, I saw Jersey Boys. My favorite part of Jersey Boys was that they had two robotic automated wagons that moved the drum kit around, and mm-hmm. during intermission to like preset them, preset them, both sets of drums needed to end up on the other side of the stage. So they mm-hmm. programmed them moving across the stage in the middle of intermission without people mm-hmm. on them. But they decided to program them doing it spinning in circles because it would be fun to watch. Um, mm-hmm. That was my favorite part of Jersey Boys. Okay, no, I really, I, I really enjoyed. It. I did. I, did. I, I like. Uh, you know, it, it was a new story that I didn't know anything about, mm-hmm. and it was pretty complete. And the songs are are great. It's the classic. Duke, it's a classic jukebox musical thing. Like right. the songs are being performed well. Yeah, and they're good songs to begin with because otherwise we wouldn't have. Yeah, but it does exactly. feel like. You know, I I am set off always by musicals where you need additional information going in, which is bizarre mm-hmm. because my whole life is about the additional information surrounding musicals. But mm-hmm. I think a perfect musical, you can walk in the front door and know nothing about any of the subject matter and still fully embrace it. Um, mm-hmm. And jukebox musicals, you just can't, right? You have to know a little bit that these songs are catchy going in. I mean, not that you have to know, but you just automatically do know. And some of their success... You just do. Yeah, that's the thing. Their success is predicated on that, right? Like, the the infamous story, uh, they trialed um, First Wives Club, the musical in Chicago. um, Yeah, could not get the rights to You Don't Own Me. And, like, not even a jukebox musical, but they couldn't get the rights to, like, the one song that's in the movie. Exactly. it tanked the musical. So did a bunch of other things. But... Um, why do I like this? I, the cast is very good. The cast is good. I'm sure it's entertaining. I think that's the thing. It's the easy night at the theater. Yeah. Um, it's not really telling any particular story. No. It's not, you know, not, that hasn't been told before, right. even in musical theater. Yeah. You know, like, like Dreamgirls is our Motown epic. Yeah. Even more so than Motown, I would say. Oh, yeah. Um, like it, it, it's the one that 
you know, if you want to know what was happening in Detroit at that time, let's go to that. Right. And then you kind of have to ask yourself the question, okay, then, is the story of the Temptations interesting and compelling enough right, to tell. for it to have its own, sto- you know what I mean, to have its own branching right. thing? And, like, what is crazy about the Temptations, like, even, and this is where some of my Motown knowledge and even just mu- music knowledge falls off, mm. but, like, where Jersey Boys were, it was, you know, those guys for the most part. There have been, like, 25 people in the Temptations over the years. Exactly. Um, you know, it's... Which it, they make a joke about in the show. Yeah. But it's just a joke. Like, it's not... You know what I mean? It's it, it's not a feature. Right. But, like, you know, can you, can you tell a moving epic about this, like, Ship of Theseus-style music group? You know, yep. is is the identity of the Temptations at the end of the musical the same at the beginning? You know, yeah. like that. That's Which, where I question some of this. Or are yeah. we just trying to sell some merch and some songs? Mm-hmm. I think to give it its credit, that is the kind of thing it's talking about. Is you know, and that's kind fair, of the main theme of the fair. show. Is at the yeah. end of it, it's like I don't know this anymore. Right, it's the end. You know, what I mean, like that's the and it's like you know the whole price of fame, um, but it's not an original story it's not current no it's not being told in a current way no. like it might still be relevant but it's not yeah. anything relevant and there's the, um, like uh otis williams who is a character in the show and like yes. member of the temptations is also a lead producer on the show and yes i i will always have that question about like how honest a story can you tell when it's your story exactly because it's very much from his perspective yeah very much so which, he is the star which is fine and takes a lot of self-exposure like you know don't get me mm-hmm. wrong that that is a, a huge step to take and you wondered how much of it you know is through the rose-colored glasses of yesteryear exactly and i think you know of all the characters in the play otis comes off the lightest <laughs> <laughs> yes yes I mean, you know what i mean certainly so i think it, it might just be a nice opportunity for him to be like and then he said this right and that annoyed me so haha yeah i've got it on a broadway stage kind yeah. of thing um yeah but still it's easy listening yeah I w- and th- honestly i think the actors are great in it i yes, think the, the vocal talent is absolutely. so good there's lots of and a bunch of best actor and feature actor noms in this yes there are um ephraim sykes who, mm-hmm. who plays otis I think, no that's not right no Derek baskin, Derek baskin plays baskin otis. Is, is otis and he is fantastic ephraim sykes is also very good he plays the one that comes in a bit later. Um, um, uh, David. David Ruffin. Yeah. Um, I love his voice so much. Um, and, you know, it's it's great. And I, I in many ways, like, it's it's nice that it's happening because obviously Jersey Boys v. White. Right. You know, here's yes. a different story. Representation. True representation, too. Not, not exactly. and it, exaggerated yeah, or totally authentication. Yeah, which is good. Um, and I would say, you know, the Temptations, the original group, are huge performers. And so to be able to take that, you know, both vocally and physically, and then, like, frankly, improve upon it, elevate Absolutely. it, even elevate further it to a completely. Broadway stage, whew, just the energy involved is massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's great. But I don't... I, I, I'd be surprised if there were people out there who were like screaming for yeah. Ain't Too Proud. I, I wonder, and it, it has been wildly successful over the course of a couple of years. Like it's, you know, it's done the out of town tryout circuit through Washington, D.C. and L.A. and Toronto. Yep. To, 
Yeah, to give it its dues, it's not just been a flash in the pan. Right. People, it's been worked on. People like it where it is, and they're, they're tuning it. I will be curious. Like, I think Tony's will kind of make or break it a little bit in some ways. Yeah. Is it yeah. going to have the Jersey Boys five-year run, or is it going to close in January? Yeah. The tour has been announced, I think. I think it got announced today. Fascinating. Okay. Because um, I know um, they, they're not, they haven't announced any you know, semblance of a limited engagement or anything. Completely. Um, so, yeah, you're right. I never thought about that, about the longstanding that the Jersey Boys had. Um, will it echo that now that the Jersey Boys is out of the way? Right. Like, will it be, the, be new, the new Jersey Boys? In new- yeah. Go, you know, what should I go see in New York? I know nothing. Go see Ain't Too Proud. It's easy. You'll recognize the songs and you'll come out totally. tapping your toes. It's the Mamma Mia, right? Like It is. And it's the easy, yeah, it's the easy choice. And, which and is- I will say, I don't. Like, it is better than Mamma Mia. It is representation. It is a real story. Like, there's good, good stuff happening here. Completely. And that's, I think, is that's why I compare it to Jersey Boys and quite happily, because I love Jersey Boys. And I think if I went to see this, I'd have a really good night. Yeah. Like, it's not, you know, it's not groundbreaking. It's not anything like that. But it would probably be hugely enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And I think that's absolutely fine. I'm not annoyed that it's here with 12 nominations. True. Yes. Uh, of, of In comparison to how I felt about previous years, I think... This yes. is is a fine entry in this year's season. Totally. Good. Well done, Ain't Too Proud. Yeah. Well done. You. Stand aside, because this girl's on a roll. She's unstoppable. Admiration, respect, and control. She's unstoppable. Half cocked and down on my knees. Doors locked, but suddenly she's right there beside me. got control we're getting big we took the chance we took this town told you before show me the door i'll kick it down when i put on the wig and the dress i'm unflappable you can't start to chart dorothy's success it's unlappable like the thrust of a hummingbird's tongue like a beer keg that's blown out its bung like a hippo protecting her young unstoppable, unstoppable, unstoppable. okay oh boy go tootsie go yeah sweet tootsie roll i tootsie is a dustin hoffman movie from 1982 83 ish um wow that has been adapted into a musical and is also one of jimmy's favorite movies of all time. Of all time. Jimmy, how do you feel about the musical Tootsie? So, this is the one I've gone on the journey. The journey that I talked about at the start, <laughs> I've gone on my journey with. Now, I've not completely completed my journey. <laughs> I'm still working on it. We'll wait. We'll reserve judgment until the mm. cast album comes out. Okay. Um, but I feel better about it. Okay. That I did than I did like a couple of months ago. Okay, why did what did I, you not feel good about a couple months ago? I didn't like it because they had changed it. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we get into like the meat of Jimmy's world. I mean, it's weird because I, you know I love improv. I like spontaneity. Go right. for it. But when it's things I love, yeah, dear, dear change. <laughs> um, no, it, you know, there's so much. There's so much about Tootsie that is so iconic. 
to me right and to a lot of other you know gay men out there um it's it is very it's the kind of thing it's like there's one-liners in there there's dustin hoffman's characterization um mm-hmm. there's you know jessica lang giving a beautiful performance um incredible like it's just it's an amazing right. film it's your, have you it's- seen it yet it's your childhood. I've seen bits and pieces. Ah, oh, uh, I hate you. <laughs> I don't think I'd like it as much. I don't think really? I'd like it as much experiencing it now. And I think this is the problem with Tootsie right now. Mm. Um, okay. Is that, like, I and, like, go on the internet, people have diverse and passionate opinions about Tootsie. Yeah. Uh, a lot of critics love it. To clarify, a lot of cisgendered critics love it. And yeah. a lot of people in the queer corners of the world have severe, severe problems with Tootsie. Yes. And I think Tootsie, in, in context, in the 1980s, is a revolutionary piece of art that has yes. quickly become less relevant. Yes, groundbreaking it is not. As in, like, oh my god. Like... For, Your viewpoint. For its time, it says interesting and fascinating things of its time yes. period. And yes. I think one of the problems, and it's interesting that you've come full circle on this, is that mm. they updated it. Like, Tootsie... Well, no, that's what I mean. I haven't come full circle on okay. it. Okay. I'm, what I'm open to now is the idea that it's no longer a TV show. <laughs> <laughs> right. And now it's a... That's, that's where a I A send-up like, of a Broadway musical, which yeah. we haven't even talked about the plot. Tootsie... Oh, yeah. A down-and-out actor who everyone hates decides to, I think the right word to use is cross-dress in this world. Um, Yeah. Because I don't even think dressing in drag is appropriate. It ain't drag. No. Um, Decides to cross-dress in an effort to gain female roles and, like, impersonate a woman, basically. Um, And encounters, you know, the sexism that women experience on a daily basis and then has some powerful statements about that. Yeah, but also manages to fall in love. Right, which is also an interesting, fascinating discussion about gender identity and gender that Tootsie doesn't quite explore in the most tactful manner. No. Um, No, and that's, like, I will, uh, you know, to go back to the film, I love the film because of the the film. Right. If that makes sense. That does make sense, yeah. um, and Dustin Hoffman's actually spoke quite a lot about it and very emotionally. Like, there's some really beautiful videos of him talking about Tootsie and how he thinks it's probably one of the best things he's ever done. Yeah. And most important things he's ever yeah, done. Yeah, for sure. You know, he did walk in those shoes mm-hmm. and people behaved differently towards him right. because he was presenting as female. Right. And it is, right? you know, there is a, a slew of a couple, like, movies from the 80s that explore these kind of gender politics, like Mrs. Doubtfire, for example. Yeah. But Mrs. Doubtfire, very funny, great movie. Mm-hmm. It's just a joke, right? Right. To- Tootsie, it's a little more than a joke, the movie. Um, it's realness. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's uh, as real as it can come. I mean, that's the title, right? My name is not Tootsie. Um, yeah. And then, so the if you read on the internet, they've updated it to, it takes place in 2019. And mm-hmm. there's a lot more, like, just built-in female empowerment that exists in it. And it does mm-hmm. seem to ring true as a pretty good feminist piece. Um, mm-hmm. But in our, you know, attempting to be, and appropriately so, all-inclusive world, 
Mm-hmm. Tootsie makes a lot of jokes at the expense of like, uh, what would be the right word? Uh, gender binarism. Um, that like we are male or we are female and we are defined by our genitalia. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we are, are moving and marching towards a greater trans acceptance and trans right and gender queer and everyone else mm-hmm. in the quilt bag spectrum. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of jokes in this show about, like, you'd be surprised about what's in my pants. Um, yeah. Which is offensive. Um, and, like, this is the disappointing thing to me. Broadway should know better, right? If it was a movie, if this was a TV show, okay, right? But we've had Lacage, we've had Rent, we've had all of this queer and drag and gender-bending representation. We've had quite a lot of stuff this season. Yeah. Broadway should know better, right? Yep. And that's, for me, a problem and makes me a mm-hmm. little nervous about this show doing pretty well because it's going gonna, it's gonna to get that light shine shown on it. It's like, look at our progressive piece about all these things. And like, but yep. you could already be doing better. There are things yeah. that already do better than you. Yeah, I mean, the, the kind of tagline they put is that it's like looking at women in the age of the Me Too movement, right? right? Um, and I'm like... That that isn't Tootsie. It's not Tootsie, <laughs> like, right? It's a it's a it's a it's a man. It's a man. It's, that's a man, Maury. Yeah, it's it. It's really um, because Tootsie the film, mm-hmm. right, was one of the things. Uh, it existed in a time when everyone knew it was happening, but nobody would look at it. Right, and Tootsie was very much like this is happening. Right. Do you know? I mean, it was very. It was making that point. Hello. Right. Now we know it's happening. Right. And now we're working very hard to stop it from happening. So when a piece of fiction is now coming out and saying this is happening, it's like we know right. what you're going to do about it. Yeah. Yeah. And like, there's some. It's hard to tease it out through some of the reviews and stuff. But with mm. um, uh, what's what's the character's real name? Michael. Ed. My, uh, it's Dorothy Michaels and, and Michael Dorsey. Michael Dorsey. Um, yeah. Like uh, Michael's relationship uh, with a woman and like the, the – it, it's hard to tease out how this plot pans out. I wish there mm-hmm. was a better summary online. But like mm. is there some kind of lesbian infatuation going on like how how are we blurring or not blurring the gender lines here and it's just kind of ham-fisted and yeah heavily handled and like yeah we could do it's, better it's one thing it's one thing i think the movie did really well was have a beautiful female female relationship and obviously it's not female female because dustin hoffman right is a man but um if you buy into the illusion right. and look at Jessica Lang's relationship, you know, they fall in love and it is a sisterly kind of love. Yeah. That obviously changes when, you know, the clothes come off and his real identity is revealed. But from Jessica Lang's perspective, yeah. um, and a lot from Dustin Hoffman's perspective, it was a a nice kind of love that's forming. Right. Yeah. There. Um but that's the thing is like nowadays right we've we've kind of gone do past more that. yeah yeah we, can, exactly. we have we have done more we literally have done more yeah you know yeah and like and and the problem is it's a pretty good musical the music's pretty it's good it's well constructed it's david, it's david yazbek as they come by the yeah. way oh yeah have you, 
have you ever listened to Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown? Because that's the cast recording for Tootsie. Uh, um, basically, <laughs> yeah. I can't remember the, the song they keep hawking at uh, Broadway Con and a bunch of other places. Uh, what's going to happen? Are you talking about the model behavior, do you mean? Uh, you basically, mean right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a great yeah. song. It's really good. Yeah, I know, but that's the thing. That's the thing is, it's just, it is so good. But I was thinking about this today. I was like, if he does become a one trick pony, mm-hmm. because there's even glimpses of it in the band's visit. Yes. There were some things I was like, that's very well not the verge. Um, if he does become this one trick pony, it, it isn't going to keep working. No, because it's going to get old fast. It's not, I mean, he's, he's no William Finn. No. Like it is. That's there, the thing. There are still cheap rhymes and cheap jokes in his patter songs, right? Not every yes. line is golden. Um, but I think that my I don't know my thing. My thing is 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 actually with the score. Yeah. Because it, with women on the verge, it was hugely Latin. It was hugely. Yeah. Um, it, it, there was salsa in there. It was like infused in the score. And it makes sense because it's a story um, set in Spain. Right. Uh when it comes into Tootsie, right. you're like, why is this a salsa number? Yeah. Like you like, can you can hear it in like uh Band's Visit has a, you know, uh uh pastiche that is appropriate to its locale. Yes. Where Tootsie you know, it takes place in New York, which is the most white bread of locations for musicals, yeah. Yeah. and and doesn't feel like it sound. It doesn't sound like it takes place in New York. It sounds like it takes place in like, well, spin the wheel of genre. We'll land yeah. on this one for this song. Exactly, and that's the thing because after Band says, I was like, oh my god, David Yazbek is really good at homing in on a sound, yeah. and developing that. Yeah, is he or was he lucky? Yeah, I'm. We'll see. We'll I'm really interested one. about the future of this show. I think. Yeah. Uh, Sant- I love Santino Fontana. Um, yeah. I really have you ever have I ever made you watch? Um, uh, and now only I, submissions. Yeah, only submissions. Yeah, submissions only. Um, submissions only. <laughs> <laughs> um, only comma submission. Best yeah. best web series ever to exist. Stop yeah, the podcast. Go listen to it right now. Um, yeah, like he's just so great and so wholesome, and I think is definitely a front runner in the best actor category for this role. Just like which is mm, I struggle with because I know it's hugely it's problematic. Right, it's a drag, it's a drag role, role so but it's not like, a drag role. Give him it. Go, right. give but him it's it. but it's not a drag role. Right, drag it's not a drag role. I think like, if you look at it from an actual acting performance perspective, he does do a good job because True. vocally, it's, this is a demanding piece. It's and hugely I'm demanding. I'm excited to hear who will replace him because yeah. the falsetto work in it is really difficult. Yeah. And they're just very lucky that Santino Fontana has a really strong baritone voice, yeah. but also a very, very strong, strong falsetto. falsetto voice. Yeah. So, and there's not, uh, that's not a popular trait. No. Especially among no. Broadway leading actors. Yeah. Like, I, so, am, I am really, and even things like, like the cast album is announced to come out August 16th. Yeah. Like, ooh, and there's clips, they've recorded it. Like, there's backstage here from the recording. The so, like, there. right. So, they're, they're just holding it. Mm. Why? Right? They're not coming out this week or next week to build buzz. They didn't come out before to like promote sales. They're holding it. I know. I'm really curious about this show, and I'm really curious if it's gonna over overcome some of the problems with it. Not from a script standpoint, because it's locked, it's written, but from yeah. a public perception standpoint. Yeah, um, exactly. And I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I don't think it will. I I think it's gonna go over everyone's head. Yeah, and I think people will be fine with it. Yeah, that's a bit of a shame. 
that's that's my kind of gut. I think it will do well. I think it will do, yeah, absolutely fine. Yeah. It, but it will be best musical dependent. Yeah. Yeah, I could see. Or a slew of other awards, you know. Yeah, because the band's visit lasted as long as the band's visit did. Right. Because it won best musical. Yeah, otherwise it would have closed in a week. Yeah. Um, and we'd still be watching. Whoa, 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 hold up, hold up, girl, I'm your pal. They're sweet, but I'm a demon straight from hell. I know I went a little hard on myself, but we're BFFFFs forever. Lydia! What? He was already dead. And you heard what he said. Any ghost can do that possession stuff. We don't need that demon. The three of us alone can deck dad's evening. Together we can make a grown man weep. Guys gotta do our day to keep. Okay, so what's the plan? Teach dad a lesson. He's gonna frequently possess him. So he wants the perfect My favorite thing about Beetlejuice the Musical is that it is billed as Beetlejuice the Musical, the Musical, the Musical. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's a really funny joke. (laughs) It's so... It it, it made me laugh. Yeah. No. And I was like, that's going to be good. Yeah. It's not. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Alex Brightman might have been best actor. Willie... Maybe. I mean, it's, you know, a hugely character-driven piece. I think that's one of the big critiques I see of it, is that, like, the the Michael... Beetlejuice, based on the Tim Burton movie, also from maybe the 80s? Um, Yeah, 80s. Michael Keaton, um, lots of Harry Belafonte songs. Um, Yeah, iconic cult film. Yeah, hugely popular. Um, Definitely. Did you see that? I did say right. that. Definitely defined a say lot again. of Tim Burton's style. Um, yeah, totally. You know. And it's wackadoo. Oh, like yeah. It's, it's kind of like Tim Burton is you probably kind of want it again. Yeah. It's really, it's, it's weird. It's weird and bizarre. In like, a lot of like contemporary Tim Burton stuff is Tim Burton stylistically, but not Tim Burton in story. Beetlejuice yep. is Tim Burton in story as well, um, yep. which is cool. And now they made it a musical and it lost a little bit of the joy I think it has. Yeah. Um, it, it's the cult music. It's the cult thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's so cult that you're never going to be perfect because right. you have to make it its own thing. Yeah. I mean, uh, Rocky Horror has survived in this world for forever. Like, I think there was a world where Beetlejuice could have accurately rep- represented its movie version. But this is a thing that that is happening under all of our noses right now. That is so bonkers to me. Mm. Is the um, the subtle Warner Brothers takeover of Broadway. Last year with Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, this year with Beetlejuice, they've got a Back to the Future musical in the works um, yep. through Warner Brothers Theatrical. These are all of their, you know, it's the anti-Disney right now. It's, all it's we, the anti-Disney is exactly it's what it is. It's all we have left, and they're trying to take a page out of Disney's book and take over a bit of the Great White Way, and Beetlejuice yep. is the next step. Yep. Um, and because the thing is, is it's, it's not been hugely well-received at all. I know. Um but it's still there. It's still there, and people go see it. And it does, like, the set looks awesome. The set looks really cool. The set is fantastic. Yeah. Um, it's like, a lot of fun. The production design looks really well thought out. The songs that I've heard, 
kind of catchy, if a little stupid at times. Um, I don't know. I don't really like them. Yeah, they're not terrible. What's the- there's a good one. They did um, uh, like their their Good Morning America performance was Welcome to a Show About Death. I'd take umbrage with that concept. Um, yeah, right. It's very like they're, they're, you're at a Broadway show. Here you are, right? Exactly. And uh, yeah, we're, we're, yes, great. Well, oh my god, how original, fantastic, fun. Yeah, got it. No, no. Uh, yes, it's so easy, right? But you know, I could make an argument on the other side that like this is a show about death. Get over it. We're going to talk about death, right? And it's, it's a taboo topic. I don't think is it's it? well. I don't think it's a well executed concept. But I can see glimmers of thought that went into it. I still Once don't. On this island talked about death. True. Like yeah. you know. Yeah, death. It's death. You know, I the I saw one review that said, and I think this is absolutely the thing with mm-hmm. with the movie. Audiences were so were like wanted to see more of Michael Keaton as Beetlejuice. Like he's mm-hmm. not in a lot of the movie, um, yep. despite being the title character. Um, yep. And now he is the narrator in the musical. And I think I imagine you see too much of him. Like they have they have found the line and crossed it. Yeah, I mean, Beetlejuice as a character is hellish. Like that's the thing. Is like, oh my god, if he lived in your house, no, like you know, right. it would be awful. Yeah. Like that's that's, it, that's his whole point. That's heinous. his one line exactly. Yeah. And Alex Brightman is the perfect casting for it. That's the thing. Yeah, um, and he kills it. And he does a really good job, completely and utterly. And I think he he's the kind of guy that you know there aren't many people who could do that role there aren't many people who could do dewey finn in school mm-hmm. of rock yeah you know what i mean and i think alex brightman's one of these great lovely people so full of heart and just up for it yeah um who would just be able to throw all that energy that they have into yeah. it so perfect casting completely in that in that way but uh, i don't know it just doesn't need to be a musical no when it is i'm noticing this like subset of trends of uh like horror musicals like dark comedy horror musicals between this and uh gentleman's guide to love and murder and adam's family like not a lot but enough that it's a little blip on the graph like Mm. some something about this style feels weirdly in the zeitgeist in the past half decade or so yeah, um, Rocky Horror as well, I guess. Yeah, like, like and, and there's something about the juxtaposing of what is supposed to be, you know, horror-filled and terrible with the bright joyfulness of musical theater. Yeah. And all of these art pieces, every because none of those are original, um, all already capitalize on that juxtaposition, right? Yeah. You know, like... Uh, Rocky Horror is a horror is a send up of horror movies, right? Exactly. You know it's the the B movie. The, you know what I mean? the Adams Family is a send up of like mid century America housewives and like yep. the kind of nuclear family. What if they were a horror family, right? Yeah. And it's not spooky and scary, even though they're they're scary and they're spooky. Yeah. Right. And like yeah. same thing with Beetlejuice. But actually, I've just thought of I've just thought of like Little Shop. Yeah. You know, Young Frankenstein. Yeah. There. This is a thing in musical theater. I haven't yeah. quite been able to wrap a title around it yet, but 
But that's a theme. Yeah. Um, and so Beetlejuice, another entry in that, um, which is why I think it is still doing well, because maybe accidentally it is capitalized on whatever that theme is. I don't think it went out to do that, um, yeah. but it does kind of fit in that subset. You know, I think I have a, a friend who lives in New York right now, and I think he's totally right. He said, here's what's going to happen. It's going to play for a year, and then they're going to do a bunch of rewrites, and then it's going to go to MTI, and then every high school in America is going to do it for six years, just like the Adams family. And yeah, I think that's what's going to happen with Beetlejuice. And so they just got to squeeze it out enough so that that can happen. The Adams family comparison is really interesting because a lot of the same problems I have with that are the same problems I have with Beetlejuice. Well, and is the Adams family, you know, the Broadway version? <clears throat> what do you mean? The Addams Family is one of those shows with a huge... Oh, like 50 different versions. Well, with a huge post-Broadway revision. Um, Interesting. The the version you license in schools has a bunch of changes in it. Um, well, uh, no, the, the the issues I have are like at the core of it. Okay. Like we're talking like the characters in the story. Right. Um, you know, like Morticia isn't correct. Yeah. I'm sorry if you've played Morticia and you tried to justify that it is. It, it's not. Yeah. Um, Wednesday Adams is a little bit correct, but kind of not. Right. Um, Fester, don't get me started. Yeah. Well, um, these are the problems you have with these kind of recognizable commodity musicals. Exactly. And it does seem like finally Broadway's getting bit in the butt with this stuff. Is like it's Completely. trying to capitalize on the pre-existing audience of these things, but the yep. pre-existing audience becomes so passionate about what it used to or is supposed to be. You know, it would be like if they tried to make a Star Trek the musical or Lord of the Rings the musical right now. Yeah. It would never happen because so yeah. many nerds would be like, that's not how Frodo's supposed to be. And they're exactly. probably right. Yeah, well, that I mean, that is what happened to the Lord of the Rings yeah, musical. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not, right? yeah. It didn't work. Um, but no, you're, yeah, you're, you're totally right. That is where the issue is. It's just too, it's too cult. Yeah. It's too cult. And yeah, I, I was trying to think of like, like comparing it to something like Spongebob, yeah. right? SpongeBob is so squeaky clean, right? That the characters don't have, uh, you know, they've got their their character, and it's a cartoon, so right. it can be a cartoon. You can you can honor the, you can honor the characters and still invite mom. Exactly, exactly. Whereas the characters in Beetlejuice, you know, they're just so iconic from the actors who made them, right? That it it, it just doesn't it doesn't really work. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's another reason why I'm not into Tootsie. Is because Santino Fontana isn't Dustin Hoffman. Because you you are the the cult audience for Tootsie, and so yeah. you have that deep association. Yeah, it panics me because I'm desperate for the Tu Wong Fu Thanks for Everything Julie Newmar musical. Mm-hmm. But will that work? I mean, with it? frankly, frankly, that's how I feel about the announced Back to the Future musical. I love yeah. Back right, to the okay. Future. I adore yeah. Back to the Future. I would be yeah. so excited for for more media to exist in the Back to the Future like cinematic universe. Yeah. And I think they're going to fuck it up. One of the things I do that I was a little nervous about with Beetlejuice and I mentioned with the mm. uh, first wife first wives club earlier was are mm-hmm. they going to be able to do the <laughs> Harry Belafonte songs? Um and they do, yep. and I'm intrigued. So the cast album doesn't come out till uh, the June June 28th, a post Tony's cast album release, which yep. is always fascinating to me. Um, <laughs> but they close both acts with the iconic songs from the movie. Yeah. Act yeah. one closes with Deo, and Act two closes with Jump in the Line, which yep. uh, seems 
interesting and I I want to know. I want to know how that works. I don't I know. know, and I'm real curious. Just I know it's like if you've got the rights to just play the song, right? Because like, that's the thing. That's what's so great about it in the film. It's not like when all the writers up there singing. No, shake, shake, yeah. shake. So that, you know what I mean. And that's it, that's almost what makes it funnier. Is it's this you know little gothy white girl, right? It is so is dancing about out like of context. Yeah, and same with Dio's like. It's Catherine O'Hara. You know, I mean, that's what you see is Catherine O'Hara lip syncing right. really, really well right. to this. Yeah. Um, it, it, if they're singing it, I know it will be kind. It will be one of those things that will be like ha ha ha. Yeah. But then if it doesn't work, yeah. Oh. Well, and that is a thing. Um, like there's a, a clip of that beautiful sound, which is uh, almost basically the Act Two opener that's online yes. right now. Yeah. Um, that has like a thousand Beetlejuices in it. Um, it's a cool technically advanced number um and like i was watching it and i was thinking back to aladdin the stage musical version um and how i think one of the big failings uh we're just reaching i'm going to talk about aladdin a lot during the show apparently um but i think (laughs) one of the the big failings with that is that like on stage the genie can never be the genie from the movie yes right it's just impossible you can try but you're never going to get close. And I think that's one of the big obstacles with Beetlejuice is like, yep. he does crazy things through movie magic. Yep. How do you do that on stage? Yep. And that, Some of them they do do. Yeah. Like the snake. Like the snake, like the face, like, is this scary enough for you? <laughs> right? Yeah. Like there's a bunch um, of, and it's good that they're going for that because that's what makes the character. Exactly. And that's what these cult fans are going to be looking for. Um, but you can't, it's stick. You know yeah. I mean, it's stick that you can't, lay yeah. back on and be like well we did that yeah. so you know enjoy um so i did yeah. i'm gonna google it again right now um because mm-hmm. i googled for this earlier and it mm-hmm. hasn't happened and it's still not gonna happen i don't think um i keep looking for the news article that is like tim burton attends beetlejuice oh and it hasn't happened as far as i can tell interesting right no that's a question isn't that i don't know tim burton's views on musical theater isn't that a good question because it's his baby right it's it's he you know if you if you read some of the mythos of how this script got made it's because tim burton decided it needed to be made right and like defined his style in so many ways and is his style in so many ways and actually you know what the the day tim burton goes to see the musical that's a news story on playbill.com or something absolutely nothing radio silence interesting um Hmm, i wonder if that's tim burton though i wonder if that's him i wonder maybe it could be anything because i don't what's his involvement in it i seems nothing interesting right very interesting. Because, yeah, obviously he, you know, he directed Sweeney Todd. Yeah. Like he, so it's not like He doesn't musical hate theater. musical theater. Yeah. So that makes you wonder, how does he feel about Beetlejuice the musical? That's an opinion I want to know. Yeah, like so, so many. I mean, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. They're all musicals. So many of the things have. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Far as I can tell, and hope I wonder if someone will tell me wrong, I'd, maybe I've missed the news article, but in my research, I have not been able to find anything about yeah. Tim Burton's involvement or attendance. And you'd think he'd go to, like, opening night, right? He'd go to pre-Tonys. Yeah. Go see his show. Maybe not. 
who knows? So it was just a dangling thought I have out there. No, no, like art lives beyond the artist. Like I don't completely think that absolutely. that is needs to be a knock or anything, but it does inform some of the artistic process behind yep. how a piece gets made. Yep, yep, yep. Um, anyway, piece of juice. And no more hiding how we feel anymore. I won't hide if you're by my side now that the prom is back on track. And once we walk into that gym hand in hand, it's pretty obvious there's no coming back. And that's a promise. Before I I was so lonely, a total wreck, just sad and hopeless. Check, double check, then something you happened and turned my life around entirely. And then trust you happened. And look what happened to me. Something so true happened. And soon it's of the best musical nominees this year yes well that's true um yeah so here that's uh, your original musical your tone of voice is exactly how i feel about the prom too it is an original musical on broadway a completely original musical now you can shout dear evan hansen at my face if you want i don't give a shit right Um, (laughs) like it's hades town based on a greek myth like certainly original in style but not in story no, not at all. I mean, yeah, not at yeah. all. Um, it, it's completely original. Yeah. And by golly, was I not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> because I, my first interaction with it uh-huh. was, I think, Macy's. Did okay. they do the Thanksgiving I Day I feel parade? like they did. That sounds familiar, yeah. Because so they, they opened in November. They've been open for a while. Yeah, it's been around. Yeah. Um, so I think they did their finale at that, and I saw Christopher Sieber, and I was like, oh, there's Christopher Sieber, there's Beth Label, that's great. Yeah. Um, I hated the song. I was like, oh, of yeah. course. I was like, well, you know, it's an original musical. Right. It's woke, you know, that's right. fine. I'm, I'm cool with it. Like, yeah. Um, and then the cast recording came out. Yeah. I was like, wait. Do I love this? I know. It, <laughs> I have like such, I go back and forth every day on the prom. Every yeah. single day. I cannot decide how I feel about it. Like some days I'm like, oh, like some days I am like halfway moved to tears. Like the, they did um, this unruly heart of mine on one of the late night shows. 
Yep. Oh my god. And I like almost started bawling. It's so wholesome and sweet and I've absolutely been there and I teach kids who yeah. have been there. Like Jesus fucking Christ. What a beautiful song. Yeah. And then sometimes I'm like Zaz. Zaz, but it's also Zaz kind of kind of kind of catchy or is this stupid? Is this what is this? Exactly. And, you know, I, I, I book, love that. I've not had that in a while. Book halfway written by Bob Mart. Like, there's a lot of um, drowsy chaperone earmarks on this thing. So this is this is it. This is and from kind of from the opening, to be honest. Yeah. I was like, oh, I feel like I'm listening to the drowsy chaperone. Right. You know I mean, it, yeah. it has and that vibe. And there's like part of it where there are like brief, brief moments in this show where you're like, oh, you went there. Oh. Yeah. In the same way that Drowsy Chaperone sometimes does that, where it's like, you know, when sugar used to be the top ingredient on on toothpaste, right after cocaine. Um, yeah. Right? Like, oh, oh, you, oh, we're making that joke. Oh, we're going to spend this number doing a super racist Asian piece? Oh, yes, okay. Sir. I guess this is where we're at now. And there's, yeah. there's parts of that in the problem. Sometimes. Are, but, but they're not, they're like, oh, but it's not like, oh. Right. It's did not, you hear the distinction? Uh, yes, yes, I did. It was beautiful acting. I'm excited to take your class about the Meisner technique later. Thank you. Uh, yes, it's going to be good. Um, and then there's some like when they hit the like um, what the Bible song, whatever that is. Um, yes, uh, Christopher Sieber's song. Yeah, which is fine, yeah. but it's got a bunch of forced rhymes in it. It's a little trite, um, you know, and is is supposed to be the like. Uh, you know, moving, moralistic, changing piece in this thing, and it's just kind of fine. Um, but I think there's so much gold in it. Yeah. There's gold in them Dar Hills. Yeah. Um, that I, I, I love it. Like, I, it's one of those things, I listened to it, mm-hmm. and I was like, I want to listen to that again. Yeah, it is. Like, I was so ready of the ones, to go of, back. Of the albums that exist now, The Prom is probably hit more plays in my Spotify than even like the Hades town original or off Broadway right now. Well, we know that now. True. You know I mean, we're not getting anything new there. Whereas this, I'm still like getting into, it. I'm like, I need to learn this one. I need to perform yeah. as Beth Liebel. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> um, it, it's just, it's lovely. It's really sweet. And the thing I think about it very truly, and it is funny to me that you bring in the dear Evan Hansen comparison. Yes. This does, a like kind of there's a trend right now i think doing no small part to dear evan hansen of doing like mm-hmm. after school special style musicals mm-hmm. like we're gonna talk about a contemporary issue um don't get me started on dear evan hansen um no the prom does it in the way i want broadway to be able to do these things you're damn right and part of its success in that it is that it is a send-up of that exactly it's like two down and out Broadway performers like, oh, we got to find an issue to make ourselves relevant <laughs> again. Right? Literally exactly. the plot. Um, and like the, the fact that it can lampshade that so much and then bring you into it. Exactly. That's the thing. The tongue is in the cheek. Yeah. Right? It's so in there. And it, it's, it's funny. It just, it nails it. It really it does. It really nails it. Yeah. Um, and at its heart, we've not even talked about this yet. At its heart, it's a queer storyline. Yeah, that's authentic and fresh. Yeah, ah! 
I know. Like, <laughs> Authentic and fresh and about queer youth and like contemporary <gasps> issues. Like, And it doesn't sound patronizing. Nope. It doesn't sound like, I'm a cool kid. Yeah. I know kid stuff. It, Hashtag be more chill. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. Right? It, so... I, I love it. I really like. I'm so. I am so happy it exists. Yeah. You know. I. I want Hades Town to win Best Musical for like the future of musical theater. Yeah. But I. I don't know. I'd be okay if the prom won too. Totally. I'd be totally fine with that. I'd, I'd be. I. I would be surprised because I would be surprised. I, the imperfections are everywhere. It's. It's, <laughs> it's clunky in a lot of places. Yeah. It's certainly not for everyone. Yeah. Totally. But it's. It's totally new yeah it's totally original and it is so great yeah like it's just very correct it's the it's the one i would be more than happy to give to you know youth that i know interested in musical these i'm like oh yeah. you have such a good time with it yeah. and you know there's swearing and it oh yeah. gosh and i am some risky issues i am a 100 but- like the thing i am so excited for about the prom is the thing i joked about in beetlejuice but i am excited for this to hit the amateur high school yeah, theater circuit right. in like five six years and and force it down the parents' throats. Well, like. <laughs> and and it's built for it the same way that like they did the yeah. same thing with Mean Girls. Like it takes place in a school. It's a yep. unit set. Like yep. it, you it's can talking about a prom. Go to like. Party City and buy some decorations, and you've got your yep. set. Like d- done, yep. easy, yep. and goes like talks about a really important set of issues completely that hasn't been talked about you know we know that fun home is sailing out there in its own little boat at the moment right. and now there's a little one just coming alongside well, it and, and that's, i love that that is the cool thing we're seeing about like <laughs> queer representation on broadway yeah from yep. you know let's start at lacage maybe like yeah. A, yeah. a ridiculous bombastic portrayal that certainly you're allowed to read yourself into but like not everyone is you know owner of a gay nightclub in california right. um, exactly and like slowly Where everyone is surprisingly heteronormative right exactly <laughs> and you know fun home a little like everyone has a family at least not everyone works for a funeral home um but uh uh-huh. but f- yeah completely and now we have the prom which is like yeah you know, I, you know, I'd have, I know kids who are nervous about taking their same sex partners to prom, um, Completely. like 100% real and accessible and like talks about it, not through metaphors, certainly talks yeah. about it through a kind of like, uh, sardonic humor. Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. but it's just overt and it, you know, here's why this is painful and here's why this is good. And here's yeah. how this pans out a little bit. And it's just a cute little story. That's the thing. It's a cute little story, and I, I think that's what's almost more important. It's not, it's not like here's a weighty issue that we're talking about. Here is this like severe thing. Right. Oh, we're talking about queer characters. Well, they have to be depressed, right? Like it, it's none of that. No, it's, it's like they can be super successful, some, but it's challenging. Yeah, exactly. It's like oh gosh, we live in Indiana. Like right. it's tricky to be gay here because yeah. people aren't quite up to that. But I'm still madly in love with this girl yeah. and gonna take her to prom and yeah. you know there's other gay people about it and this right. is fine like it's just love it's, it's just it's lovely. lovely it is a good it's utopian it's like a it's a it's a post it gets better approach to yeah. like youthful queerness um yeah. which is uh is so welcome 
Um, oh my god! Know, I hope I hope they play for a thousand years. Like I really do, I really do, and I hope it inspires other people to be like, "Oh, we can do this now." Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, wait, I've got my queer story right in the back. Like, just give me a second. Yeah. That's what I want to see because it, it is that fresh. Like, it's literally that fresh. Yeah. Um, Subway eat fresh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> ooh. Um, no, it, it's just. I absolutely love it. Yeah, I love it. I love it in spite of its flaws. I love it, yeah. you know, in spite of the other stuff it's up against this year. Um, yeah. And I'm very happy Beth Level's back. Yes. Oh, my God. She should be in everything. She kind of should. Like, she's oh. very good. Where has she been? I know. I one of One of the number one most rewatched videos in my world, which is like in a deep, deep, dark corner of the internet is her at, I don't think it's 54 below, but it's a 54 below style performance venue. Uh-huh. And she does, it's, it's a cabaret song, but it is like a spoken word piece around yeah. as we stumble exactly along yes. about when she was asked to perform it at this venue for this benefit. And she didn't know what it was. And it was for recovering alcoholics. <laughs> and it is, one of the funniest pieces of performance I have ever witnessed. Oh, completely. Uh, I just, I love that she's in this. And it's a character that's just her. It's such it's, a good you know, character. It's, it's not, yeah. it's, it's nothing, it's nothing crazy. It's not a stretch and she kills it. Yeah, she absolutely does. Um, yeah, I just think maybe we'll talk about this when we get to be more chill, but mm. like, um, I think it does the adults really well from an adult perspective and it does the kids really well from a kid's perspective. Yes. And that is really difficult That's to get really two tones, to very yeah. distinctive tones correct yeah. to do it. Well, and especially, I love it. especially like, I've, I'm noticing this more and more the more I continue to become an aging high school teacher mm. and like accurately portraying youth in media is really mm-hmm. hard is really 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 totally. hard and it's yeah. so easy to see through any fakeness um yep. and the prom does it 100 percent. oh it's just, it's literally as if they got like teenagers to yeah. write those rules yeah. <laughs> like, you know what yep. i mean uh, like it is really really good i'm telling you this unruly heart of mine on jimmy yeah. Fallon or whatever it was ah oh. yeah <laughs> shakes Lovely. me to the core yep yay the pr- oh. Who cares what happens now? Just keep your
Oklahoma's back, Jimmy. <laughs> oh. In a big way. Poor Thomas. Uh, this is... You know, if there was ever a reason to resurrect this podcast... I know. Let's talk about this. What? I, what is happening? Right. So we've not we've not talked about Oklahoma together at all. No. So I'm I'm really buzzing to hear and, and it is what's so, going on in your head about it. Oklahoma, if you've never, who oh, are you? Christ. Um, and and I, I don't say that as like yo this piece of, like Oklahoma was the first musical like this is exactly the genesis. Yes. It is the this oldest is musical here. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, like. Oh, what a beautiful morning. Like, you should know Oklahoma. And they've yeah. revived it in Circle in the Square. And it is this, like, all, every piece of marketing material starts with some interview with an actor going like, well, it is the Oklahoma you remember in a way that you yep. know they're about to say a but afterwards. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Nothing's changed. No lyrics. No um, script has changed. Yep, the text whatsoever. is 100%, well, maybe 85% accurate. Um, they ad lib a couple lines here and there. Uh, yeah, but, but the story is all there. But yep. Oklahoma, like so many of these traditional pieces, have a like unwritten script that goes alongside of them about like, yes. oh, when you do this, you're supposed to do it like that. And yes. this production intentionally and wholeheartedly threw that away. Yes, and so um, it is this weird, interesting, contemporary-ish reimagining of Oklahoma. Yeah. It is. It's just it's it's it is the classic quintessential revival. Mm-hmm. Do you know? I mean, this is what revivals should be. Yeah. You are telling a new story from a story that already exists. Well, there's. Do you know what I mean? I've been saving this line for my video, but I'll divulge it now because I think it's. So true. Like, yeah. we have finally reached the, like, Shakespeareization of Oklahoma. Yes. Where we're no longer stuck in, like, the, the original productions are now far enough away that we don't need to think about them anymore. Exactly. Exactly. And you can go in, and you can go in with that, those scissors and just go... Yeah, which, man, Oklahoma needed. Um, it absolutely did. So, now, we went to town on this in our Oklahoma podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so, do go back and listen. Um but, it, you know, we were very well aware of all of the problems yeah. Oklahoma and a lot of the Rodgers and Hammersteins have. Like, there are some distinct issues there yeah. to the point where it's like, should we actually be doing this anymore? Mm-hmm. Should we be performing it? And the question, the answer, sorry, is uh, yes, if Daniel Fish is in charge. Yeah. Like, well, <laughs> did we, we did that. We must have done that Oklahoma podcast before they did a production in Denver. Did we talk yeah, it was about pre this? that. It, it was, was pre, pre that. that. Yeah. Okay. That. I went to see this production in Denver. Which oh, I did was, you see it? I did. Um, oh, fantastic! So I think we talked about it on the podcast. It was an all black production of Oklahoma. Um, yes. Which is and like intentionally so, but not particularly drawing any attention to it. But yep. there are some in, like uh, in the original description, Judd is described as like a dark skinned worker, and we're not. Yep. They don't quite make it explicit but there is yeah. you know some inherent racism well, in the because they couldn't script. have a, a black man play the part right yeah um and so then to see in all black oklahoma was yeah. really interesting in ways that like i don't feel well adept to perfectly describe um yeah but uh, but you kind of see you're clearing away some of the bracken and you're like oh there's a story there right. 
Right. Um, um, like, you're finally getting rid of some of the dated uh, accoutrement that existed that, you know, was a holdover from what wasn't musicals, right? Yeah. That had totally. to be around so that this thing could still exist and become yep. a new art form. Um, it has, like, my <laughs> progression at o- uh, with Oklahoma, maybe even more so than Sunday in the Park with George, has been mm. a true 180, maybe over these past two years. Interesting, right, yeah. Like, it, I, it's a thing I used to make fun of and poo-poo and, like, what a dated piece. Why on earth would, yeah. we, would we explore this anymore? Yeah. Well, that was, I mean, that was some of the chat in the podcast. Yeah. Show, and now there's, it's fascinating. There's really interesting discussions about, yeah. you know, labor and class and the working man and, like, what it means to be an American and all these Mate, things. It's, it, it, it is. Like, that is, that is exactly what it's about. It is, it, to me, it is what, what does it mean to be an American? You know, what does it mean to be this powerhouse of a nation yeah um and what responsibilities come alongside that and what daniel fish the director has done has literally just it's 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 just brought it all to the fore yeah and he shoves it in your face and i fucking love it yeah like there's you know if you've listened to this podcast for a while you'll be no stranger to the fact that i like my political theater Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um especially when we can get it in the musical theater yeah. like when we can really tell bare-faced stories yeah. um it, it is so exciting and here's someone doing it with oklahoma like i just yeah. didn't think it could happen yeah like <clears throat> we t- so we talked about this in the podcast um particularly with judd mm-hmm. right and i think that is really the the kind of the linchpin yeah. of this production um because Judd is a character who you know there's more going on there. Right. Because Lonely Room is too good a song to give to just your classic yeah. grade A villain. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Right. It's too deep and too rich. There's something going yeah. on. There's something fishy about his death. Do you know what I mean? It, the fact that they all right. just burst into song and everyone's happy at the end, there's something there. And so what this production of Oklahoma does, it just kind of shines a light on Judd Fry and be like, so what's going on with you? Like, why are you like this? Yeah. Yeah. And how can we tell your story a bit more? Yeah. And he balances out that playing field and it creates this whole new piece. Yeah. Um, and it is so exciting. It's electrifying. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm obsessed with it. No, it's so cool. And the fact that it is a whole new piece with the songs you recognize and like... Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. Like, the songs you recognized... Better sung, contemporarily reinterpreted, reinterpreted yep. with feeling behind them. Like, yep. Yep. you watch the clips of this versus even the clips of Hugh Jackman. Like, yep. I know what you're feeling when you sing these songs now. Yeah. yeah. Why did it take um, 50 years? People will say we're in love. Oh, like, God. Mate, I got a hard on. Like, yeah. What a that beautiful is, song. It is sexy. Yeah. I mean, and it is. Of course, these two people are young and in love. Why do they need to be so, like, virginal? Like, you know, they're absolutely not. Laurie's a smart girl and Curly's a hot man. Yeah. Like, let's let's see what happens there. Yeah. Um, It's just so, like, oh, I I just don't even, that thing is, I don't even know how to express it because everything about it excites me. Yeah. Every single thing. And and it feels like the, you know, the, the, like, the solution was love and it was inside of you the whole time. Like it was right in front of us. Yes, completely. It, and I, I, like not, 
to blow our own trumpet, but we spoke about it in the podcast. Yeah. We kind of, you know, in many ways, like solved it. We saw that the story of Dud Fry yeah. is not the story that gets told in Oklahoma and right. it needs to be more relevant. Yeah. And thankfully, Daniel Fish listened to the podcast and <laughs> Clearly. was inspired. Absolutely. You're welcome, Daniel. Yes, that's a joke. We don't know that did not happen. He's been working, and that's the thing. He's been working on this forever, pre-Trump. Yeah, I know. You know, what I mean, he worked on this in a, a quite nice America. Yeah, like it, quite nice. You know, quite nice. Right. It is an interesting thing. You know, I, I think about this not living in New York, and there is, I, you, God, America's fucked up in a bunch of ways right now, oh, and you see this in the news that there is like a. We all live in our own echo chamber, and there's certainly a yep. New York echo chamber that yeah. influences a lot of New York art. Um, yep. That sometimes from the outside, I see a little bit and makes me cringe a little bit. Um, like, I grew up in the Midwest. I live in the mountains now. Like, you know, I know cowboys. I know people who carry yeah. guns. Like, all these things. And to assume that your experience is the only experience is short-sighted. Um, Completely. That said, it is really interesting to see some of these pieces like Oklahoma, like even, you know, people will will say all the time, like, why we build the wall in Hadestown, right? Yeah. Written way pre-Trump. Yep, completely. But, but there is a latching on of some of these zeitgeisty contemporary feelings. Yeah. And it's yeah. interesting to see them bubble up in the art and like it happened to match up yeah. it because it means it's been a- there. It's always it's, it's always been there, yeah. and it it goes it goes back to when Richard Rodgers and Oscar Hammerstein were writing it, yeah. Because it's just it's there. It's in the lifeblood yeah. of this country yeah. that had a very tumultuous beginning. Yep. Well, and that's do you know what I mean? God, that is the beautiful. You know, if I ever get my PhD in musical theater, maybe this is yeah. what my thesis will be about. But like Oklahoma being the first musical and musical theater being the exclusively American art form for the longest yep. time, the only original yep. American art form, and yep. the first musical theater piece being about a state in America and cowboys and farmers and guns and like... Yep. In the birth of a state is what it's a yeah, birth. Yeah. It, there's so much birth yep. in Oklahoma. Yep. Um, you know... Like they they couldn't find a better time to start in life. It ain't too early and it ain't too late. Yeah, could be the slogan of America, right? It completely, completely. You know, what I mean, and that's that is it's it's there. And I don't know. I just feel like Daniel Fish has yeah. He's just put the volts in, and it's electric from the very first song. Yeah, like the way that Damon, I can't see his last name, uh, <laughs> sings. Yes. Oh, what a beautiful morning. Yes. Is like you, and I hate saying this phrase, like you've never heard before. But it is, it is like, like you've, you've never, never heard, heard it before. before. And that's the thing that I love that the show embraces. And the thing <sighs> that I love about good musical theater is when you can like throw aside the old conventions. You yeah. know, the first time they did Les Mis without a turntable. Like, yeah, yeah. fuck it, you and, know? Well, shocker, it worked and it was electrifying. Right? There was something electrifying about that. Yeah. Um, and this is what is infused that this whole production, and it isn't. It's not like it's not wanky for the sake of being wanky. Right. It's not forced. It doesn't feel overly artistic. Not at all. There are some gimmicks in there. They do make chili. They do make chili. They they but did. This is just carrying on the circle in the square tradition God, of making you, food. Well, man, if you look at like Circle in the Square once on this island and Circle in the Square Oklahoma, yeah, man, oh man. It's the whole the ways that they transform that space. It's unreal. It it's is a, like, really unreal. 
I love that theatre. I'm so glad that we went to that theatre. Oh, wait, no. No. We saw... I can't remember his name. I'm not even going to say In transit. Shh. We saw that nonsense. That's the show Jimmy and I saw in Circle in the Square. He can't remember because, we were because like, he's blocked it out of his mind. Let's not sell out and go see Fiddler. Why don't we see something new? Oh, regrets. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, that's not what we're here to talk about today because they didn't win anything. Um, Oklahoma we, is going to yeah. sweep. I mean, it might not sweep, but it's going to win Best Revival. Yeah, so we talked we talked about this at the start, about the um, qualifications mm-hmm. um, for noms. Yes. And obviously the, this year, you know, bless Kiss Me Kate. Um, right. But, which we'll talk about in a second, but, um, you know, there's only two revivals. Yeah. One of them's a revival, and one of them is Kiss Me Kate again. Right. Yeah. Right? One of them is like, Kiss Me Kate, remember me? Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh yeah, I saw you before this yeah. exact show. Um, and, you know, fine, because that is the revival thing. Right. Like, it, it keeps happening. But it's, it is um, cool. I hope, like, you know, Once on this Island did it. Like, I hope the uh, uh, Spring Awakening, the Deaf Awakening version, like, yep, yep. R- true revivals. Proper not like, revivals. we're going to do Cats again. Yeah. Like, Coffee Schechter, Finland, like man, work. I hope this trend keeps up. Me too and it's like it's so different from like a pippin yeah or a godspell it's not like here's we're gonna have fun with this in a different way right it's like we're gonna tell a new story yeah it's a it's a second go at it which is fun it's so exciting yeah. um if this was in the best musical character category i would make it yes. the best musical yep yeah it is interesting i wonder you know, the Tonys did some, uh, the Tony nominating committee did some ru- rule revisals this year in relation to plays. Um, yeah. Related to, I think, Torch Song trilogies eligibility. Um, I have no idea. So, yeah, you're. Um, and I, I might be misspeaking, but it was like, they, it is a revival, but they rewrote a bunch of stuff. And it's something like, if you weren't nominated for the first time when you did the play and then you substantially rewrote it, you can be nominated in the play category instead of the revival category. Like something right, like that. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. I wonder if we're going to start seeing more of a blurring of revival and non-revival categories. Well, it kind of came into play. I think it was the Crick's Choice Awards mm-hmm. or Drama Desk or something. I can't remember. But Hades Town came into question. Yeah. Because obviously it played off-Broadway. It was the one It was one of the ones that considers off-Broadway and Broadway. Right. Um, and they were like, well, it's already been around. Yeah. But it's like, you know, this production of but Hades so Town different. is not yeah. the same. In many ways, it is a revival. Um, right. But I just feel like this isn't Oklahoma. Like, this isn't it's Oklahoma. not Oklahoma. <laughs> it's Oklahoma 2.0. Like, it's it completely and utterly. Um and so I would be more than happy for it yeah. to win because, like, I, I, you know, I mean, I'm now st- I've started saving up yeah. because I need to go to New York and I need to see this before it closes. Yeah, and there's nothing else this season that makes me want to do that. Yeah, nearly as much. More than like I feel like I need to see this. Yeah, you better run. It closes January nineteenth. They are running. they are slated for a limited engagement, but then they're going yep. on a national tour. I'm crossing my fingers that Denver's on that list. Are they? Mm-hmm. I didn't know they were doing that. Announced, Fantastic. announced. Who knows? But yeah, okay. The way okay. these things go again, but that's great. Yeah, I'm taking Oklahoma onto the like that Oklahoma onto the. Oh god, <gasps> I know. Can you imagine playing that Oklahoma <sighs> in Oklahoma? Yes, bitch. Um, oh my god. Like the th- the thing that makes me just like smile and like smirk is the fact that um like reviews are completely polarized mm-hmm. 
because a lot i mean the majority of the reviews get it and they're like uh-huh. yes uh-huh. this is very cool yeah some reviews are like how dare they take rogers and hammerstein's immortal works and change it and bastardize it as they do and I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh dear. <laughs> I agree with you. I agree with you more than you will ever know. Yep, yep. It's delightful, and I'm just like, it's... I want to lap your ignorance up, my friend, because because the fact is, they are the ones in the minority. Yes, and I'm very glad about that yes. because the majority of people are getting it. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, the fact that it's going on the road, ah, it's going to be great. People are going to people are going to walk out of it, yeah. and other people are going to look at them and be like, "Oh, good luck." That is exciting. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Oh my god, I love it so much, Daniel Fish. Uh, who the, the hell are you? I know. I'm excited for what he does next. Me too. Move over, Bartlett Share. You were very good, but there's a new man in town who can do revivals. <laughs> And also, Ali Stroker's in it, and she's great. And she's <laughs> she's great. back. Yeah, she's back. She's, by the way, she's nailing the revival game. Yes. You know what I mean? To be in Spring Awakening and now this, I'm yeah. like, I want your career. Also, like, how cool is her trajectory? Yeah. Like, the Glee Project. I know. Two episodes of Glee, Broadway, Broadway again, potentially going to win a Tony. Yeah. Like, come on, that's good. That's good. That's good. And her version of Cantino is out of this fucking world. It's so good. That's the thing. Actually, I think that's a really good one to go listen to if yes. you're like, I want to get a flavor of what you mean about these new orchestrations. Yeah. Oh. oh, yeah. That was, it was another, it's a late night. We'll put, we'll try and find links, um, but it's one yeah, of the late yeah, night yeah. talk shows. It's going to be good show notes. I'm like, yeah, show notes. They're no, going to be, be good. good. Fun. It's such a yeah. hard season because everyone's delaying their cast albums. I don't know. Why are that. they doing this? I don't know. It's weird. Do we need to talk about Kiss Me Kate? I do we need to talk about Kiss Me Kate though because we're I about mean, to we're about to enter the point in the podcast where there's some lesser nominated shows that we should talk about because they are still nominated for good things. They are, and I love Kelly O'Hara. Yeah, she's delightful, isn't she? I don't um, love Kiss Me Kate. I really don't love Kiss Me. It's Kate. It's got good music, why... and it's kind of chauvinistic. Beyond that, yeah, like it's going to be a while before we talk about Kiss Me Kate in the podcast. I feel because I just have no interest. No. No, it's it's dated and it's a little too overdated. The same way I kind of felt about My Fair Lady. Um, that like I'm pleased, yeah, yeah. I'm pleased that you tried, but I don't think there's something to resuscitate in here. Exactly. But we said that about Oklahoma. Do you yeah, know what I mean? true. Yeah. So there's there's probably something, but they've just not found they what it is find yet. It yet. Yeah. Some probably something about Shakespeare. Oh. There's a story about Shakespeare in there that's not been told. No, they tried that with something rotten, and you know how that went. Oh, gosh, yeah. Um, yeah, I've not talked about that either. Brilliant. Um, anyway, good luck, Kiss Me Kate. Good luck, Kiss Me Kate. The, uh, one of the Bonjour. two revivals this year. I know, I know. It's. I saw someone say, it's such a close race. Oh. <laughs> if I could turn back time If I could find a words that hurt you and you stay 
I think the Britney Spears musicals in the pipeline, right? These these things are are in the cards. I don't like that they're in the cards, but it's what our mm-hmm. art form. It's a portion of what our art form is about to become. Yeah, and I do think you're right that we need to come to terms with like, do are you do need to be a good impersonator? Mm-hmm. And it's like because that's that's kind of a thing that I would want to go see, especially if it's share. Right. Like, do you know what I mean? Because you can go see a drag show. Yeah. You'll go see Chad Michaels. Do you know what I mean? Do a drag show, and it will be an impeccable share. Like, it's impeccable. Yeah. And like part of the skill, part of the entertainment is how accurate that impression is. The same exactly. way, the same way that there are a thousand Elvis impersonators in Vegas, right? Completely. Um, but I don't know. It's a weird. It's a weird subset that, like, I don't think. I don't think we've like everyone has quite looked at, like, quite realized mm-hmm. that this thing is bubbling in the corner of the room. Um, yeah, but it's it's um, happening. It, it truly, truly is. <sighs> It's weird. I'm not. I'm not annoyed by. It. I don't know whether it's just because I really like a lot of the rest of the season. Mm. But I'm not annoyed mm. by its existence. The same way I was I'm last not... year with like another piece of media it's... Ad- adapted. Like it seems like they're trying, which is nice. It seems like thought was put into this and it was intentional. It doesn't seem like they got it right, but it is nice to know that people are trying. And if we are starting to live in a world where, like, the way some shows make money is by being a jukebox musical, then I yeah. I appreciate that people are still attempting to be artistic through it. Yeah. You know? But they're too, they did the exact same thing with Donna Summer, where it's like, we'll have three of them. Right. And, oh. Yeah. And, and it's like, is this what we're going to get now? Like, right. three Britney Spears is? Exactly. <laughs> Come on. Um, the, just the only thing before we leave. Yeah. I'm conflicted about is that I don't like I want Stephanie J. Block to win. Uh-huh. I don't want Stephanie J. Block to win for this. <laughs> yeah. It would be I want to turn back time to falsettos and give her the award that she rightfully deserved. Right. Yeah, for anything not this. they're gonna give the tony to the monkey puppet for king kong it's getting a special puppet a special tony <laughs> <laughs> is it getting uh, a special tony i thought it's that... getting a special tony for the puppetry yeah okay i interesting because they also oh no that's what i read um and this is the thing i've been curious about one of the eligibility rulings was that the scenic designer would be eligible yeah. for his scenic design and his uh, what they called projection design, which is really yes. wrong. It's just video design because it's a bunch of LED screens. Um, yep. But it is, you know, in the same way that I wondered when sound design left and then came back, will we start to see Tony's for projection design on Broadway? I think we almost kind of need to because it's really becoming It's becoming kind of standard. And, like, you look at the network now, which has, like, a, yeah, a whole bunch of video design going on in it. Like, hugely important video design. Yeah. We yeah. are... All- I mean... Mm-hmm. From like our camp, Dear Van Hansen yeah. is integral. Yeah. It's totally integral to it. Yeah. So, so, but it is a weird one. Harry because, Potter. Yeah. 
but not have everything. I have not seen that yet, but oh, it has gotcha. hugely important projections. Yeah, completely. Um, and used very, very well. Uh, so, yeah, the puppet's getting an award, and I think that's all that needs said. Yeah, the puppet is awesome. The show, not so much. What's the point? Do you I know. know what the point is? It's Let's a, put a puppet on Broadway. It's a shame. I wish it could have been better. Did you know for a while Jason Robert Brown was attached to King Kong the Musical? I just, I actually kind of don't care. Like, what is that story? Yeah. I would not be surprised. My prediction is that in like three years, King Kong the Musical will be a ride at Universal Studios Florida. Yeah, um, And they're going to like fly the puppet there and they're going to cut it down to 30 minutes and it's mostly going to be about the puppet. Which is yeah, awesome. The puppet's really cool. The puppet is a brilliant thing, completely. But don't waste a space on my Broadway. I know. With a puppet. Yeah. That's or, what they're doing. They're wasting the space. Or be as intentional with the rest of your show. There's a good story to tell around King Kong, I think. Oh, there's a fine story to tell. But I think there's a reason why it's taken this long True. for a musical of it to come about. Yeah. Um, I mean, it does, if we're talking about subsets of musicals, there's not a lot of musicals that are like monster disaster movies. It's probably King Kong and Little Shop of Horrors. Um, yeah. And they're all known for elaborate puppets. Yeah, exactly. You know, maybe Disaster the Musical, if you count like Disasters being a faux monster <laughs> yeah. story. But I don't know if that counts as musical either. Sorry, Seth. Um, yeah, sorry, Seth. I already know what it's like to be the loser I should find out what it's like to not be the loser or the geek or the whatever think I felt inconsequential since middle school began I knew I had no potential To be the leading man But based on how today's going I'm finally gaining ground I even got some blood flowing With no computer screen around Which was cool but what really felt good Was doing something that I never thought that I could It's not only school that's rough Being lonely stupid tough Now I think I've had enough Of being the loser, the geek Whatever Michael thinks that weird is rad But feeling weird just makes me sad And I deserve to not feel bad From being the loser, the geek, or whatever Sick of being the loser, the geek, or whatever Yeah So, I think very important that this is the last one we talk about It's so... It is it is bizarre, isn't it? I think it's bizarre. What do you think is bizarre? Be more chill. The love child of the internet, right? The uh, the second most talked about internet musical behind of all time. Hamilton. Yep. Finally made it to Broadway. Sold out 
its initial run before it opened. Yep. And has one Tony Award nomination for best for score. Best score. <laughs> um, Probably yeah, the thing I, that changed the least between productions. Yeah. <sighs> it it makes me like bittersweetly sad in a weird way because it cause it's a it it's a good show yes so so what happened again we did we covered this one right uh, we've done a podcast on this and you know the things i love about it and there's a lot i love about it mm-hmm there's a lot, well, there's a lot I loved about it. I know. Um, the music was this kind of like funky emo style, yeah, like grungy stuff that made me feel nostalgic. Yeah, you know what I mean, it took me back to my teenage days, and that was great fun. Um, Michael in the bathroom was a really cool song. Yeah. Um, they had a bisexual character, but, um, uh, and that's like that was it, and it was all it was at the time it was very exciting, right. And also because it was like, holy shit, you know, we've never seen anything like this before in terms of popularity and excitement. Um, But its faults were big. And yes, I think, and they they revised a bunch of stuff, certainly, between Off-Broadway and Canada and on-Broadway. And it feels like, it almost feels like they leaned into themselves too much. Yes. Like... It's hubris. Yeah. Is what it is. Which is such a shame. Because that it happens a, a, That happens by accident, bullshit. right? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. No one it, is that on purpose. I hope not. Yeah. You know? And I actually, I really do hope not. But, you know, one of, one of the biggest issues that I have with Be More Chill is the representation, representation of females. Yes. In this hyper-contemporary, very current, yeah. youthful story. Yeah. And, and it's piss poor representation of females. And it only got worse. Like, and it only got worse. Exactly. Like that's, exactly. that's the problem. Um, because when you scale something up for Broadway, the problems don't stay the same. They get right. bigger. Yeah. Well, and like, you know, Christine was uh, already on the, on the border as we talked about. And now yeah. is like full on manic pixie dream girl. Um, yep. And it's a damn shame. It's, it's a crying shame because the things that have that have bowed into more, you know, they've given us the gift that is loser, geek, whatever. Um, I don't uh, like I don't it. need that. I don't, I don't like that. I think Will, nobody needs that. I think Will Connolly did it better than Will Rowland does. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Um, uh, like that song is literally, oh shit, we need a waving through a window. Right. Um, okay, we'll write this song that means nothing. Right. Um, and that'll be fine and kids will love it. And that's the thing is it's like, they've been on Tumblr and they've scrolled through right. the hashtags and be like, the kids love this. Let's big this up. They love this. We can't talk about bisexuality though, because that's just obviously too far. Right. So we, we won't bring that up. Um, let's talk about, oh, we'll, we'll big that up again. Yeah. Nobody was talking about the girls representation, which I still find weird and I still don't yeah. understand. No. Um, nobody was talking about that. So they didn't fix that. No. 
And then a bunch just, of it just got bigger and more campy, which is the yeah. death of this kind of show. And is, as much as we sometimes shit talk Dear Heaven Hansen, I think one of the successes of it is that it is understated and it doesn't embrace its Broadway-ness. It's still, yes. you know, five, six people on stage. They can have a moment where Evan just stands in the middle of the stage and sings and that's it, right? Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, it's the, the next to normal vibe. Of yeah. It, that, you know, that kind of thing. And Completely. Be More Chill felt like they needed to, like, go really in on the Keanu Reeves impression and let's do Broadway. Like, like really pump up all the costumes and the choreography. Yep. And it just killed the show. And you can it, hear it in the recording, which is a shame, right? The recording's pish. It's really a shame. <laughs> I just don't like it. I can't I listen to it. I don't like it. I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm excited. I'm trying to put together a like comparison video on the thing. Who knows? If it'll yeah. Yeah. Out. Yeah. Um, but there's even things like they've changed some keys in a couple places for the same actors. Um, like, Jeremy, my buddy, how's it hanging? Life is banging is like two steps higher up yep. in the Broadway recording. Like, why did you, you didn't need to, no, nothing needed this, right? No. No one cares. Show me the artistic reasoning for this. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And uh, a lot of it, I'm just like, well, maybe this is why. It is taken this long, yeah. And this is why, to make it to yeah, because it wasn't yeah. ready for it, and it was never meant to be that. You know what I mean? Like it, it works as the high school show that you do. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's fantastic. Like, have a lot of fun with it because oh my, it's every for madness. Yeah, you know I mean, it's that fun vibe. and bombastic and silly and still a little wholesome at the end. Yeah, and you can be a bit like oh, oh a bit dark, a bit tongue in cheek. Whereas the, all that has to get wiped when you go into Broadway. It right. just does. Yeah. Um, and now it, it's just, nah, and well, it's and kind it, of embarrassing. It's kind of embarrassing. And it's like they tried to pull it in two different directions. Like, on the one hand, you know, you look at, and I think it's, I think the stuff they've actually done to, uh, like, the smartphone hour, like, maybe one of the campiest, bombastic songs in the show, yeah. right? That fits really well on Broadway. Like, yeah. they've done a bunch of well, things. Well, it doesn't buy by Birdie. Right? Exactly. <laughs> like, they've done a bunch of things to, like, elevate that. But then you also yeah. add Loser Geek or whatever and a bunch yes. of other stuff, like, trying to make it super, super wholesome. And, and you can't, like... You can't just pull in both directions. You have to dig you deeper. You can't just stretch exactly. it out. Like, it's, yeah, they're chasing their own tail. Like, because Michael in the Bathroom is a great song, and they really hit on something special with that, and yeah. I will always give them that. Yeah. But you can't then do it again. Right. <laughs> do you right. know what I mean? Well, it's just a special moment that exists and like, in time. Michael in the Bathroom is the third song in Act 2. Like, Michael mm -hmm. in the Bathroom should be the second to last song in Act 2. Like, mm -hmm. they have some structure problems. You know, we don't... Michael, oh, yeah. Michael in the Bathroom, and then you need to sit through the Pants song and Pitiful Children and like... Exactly. No. There's no reason that the Pants song is, should still be in touch. Yeah. Like, I just think it's so stupid. They needed to... Re and the way that they rewrote Blue for Heathers... Uh, yeah. They, they needed, needed to, to do redo that with it. a pants on yeah. because it just it's not it's not good. It's, it's not, not good. good. It's not it's it's a it's a it's like a poop joke shoehorned into the wholesome act of your show. Basically, yeah. it's yeah. on on par with like bathroom humor. Yeah, completely. And they needed to beef up Michael's bisexuality and they needed to have a better female role and they did none of that. No. And I'm like, well, not not my season. Yeah. It's, I've got the prom now. <laughs> I know. It's such a shame because it is such 
you know. And we would not have predicted this. No. you. I, if you I, go back and listen to the end of our podcast, uh-huh. we're like, I cannot wait to see where this goes. Maybe it'll go to Broadway. I remember when like, they announced that they were like sold out before they opened. And I was like, that's amazing. Yeah, Good for like, them. It's so well deserved. Like that's, that is the thing that, that pains me on the inside is like, I, yep. you know, uh, artists are our own worst enemies um, yep. at the end of the day. You know, like you can have your weird, like great comic getting canceled because of social outrage and like all the yep. sorts of things. But the saddest stories to me are always when like artists get it wrong, um, yeah. accidentally. You know, like and good artists. That's the yeah. thing. It's not like they're good, bad. talented artists who know what they're doing, and it just doesn't quite work. And be more chill is a real shame in that category. I I do not doubt that it will have a. I don't think it's going to close a week after the Tonys. I'm sure it'll be fine for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, it'll ride its like pre-built nostalgia for its previous incarnations. It's going to have a great, um, you know, national and amateur life for the rest of its life. Maybe it'll yep. get a great revival in 15 years. Um, mm-hmm. But it is disappointing how poor this broadway transfer panned out yeah yes it is a shame and also people didn't listen to my warning what was your warning i told people not to shout and scream and sing along in mm. that musical well and that has been a huge issue in these broadway houses oh of course yeah no we need like i wonder if and maybe we'll see it in the future if, like, the, mm. the pre-show cell phone announcement is going to translate more into, like, a full-on etiquette diatribe. Yeah. I'm, I'd be fine with that. I'd happily sit through 15 minutes and eyeball people who I know are going to be rule breakers and be like, he's talking to you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or that, or we're just going to make musicals louder. That's probably what's going to happen. Oh, God. I know. Don't say that. It's I never of, thought about that. That's probably what's going to happen, right? It's just going to be louder and more in your face so that you can talk over it like a concert. Exactly. Oh my god, no. Get ready. This is this is the life we've chosen, Jimmy. No. I know, exactly. Come on, Daniel Fish. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want him to revive next? Since clearly he listens good, to our I was, podcast. I was, I was thinking that exact same thing today. Yeah. Um, what do I want him to revive next? The things that... Perk South might... Pacific. Ooh. Yeah, that's How do you make that work? That's a good choice. Yep. Because is it good or is it just bad? Yeah. Is it is it racist or is there something in there? Yeah. South Pacific yeah. is a great choice. <laughs> yep. 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 All right. That's, that's what I would see. All right, Daniel if, Fish. Um, Good luck. If you need artistic consultants, you have our Twitter. Yep, I would have no idea what to do. With no, but we'll just we'll just, sit, we'll just sit next to you and like fan our eyebrows at you. I yeah, imagine. exactly. Oh, absolutely, yeah. completely. Rub your shoulder gently. <laughs> happy, happy to do that. Happy to do that. Tony, 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 Tony. Okay, Thomas. Million dollar question. Mm-hmm. Which one of my best musical? Hades Town. I agree. I don't, I would not be surprised if Tootsie won. That'd be my number two. Not mm-hmm. that I want to win, but that I think might win. That could win, yeah. yeah. Um, I would be disappointed if Tootsie won. Not as disappointed if, as if uh, the potential of SpongeBob winning. Um, 
Oh yeah, completely. Like I, there's the stakes are not nearly as high. I I think all five of these have done great work. Very frankly, yeah. I think they say interest like each one of if this is like a choose your own adventure novel about Broadway. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Each one of these musicals predicts a different future for Broadway. Um, you know, yeah. do you have the Hades Town, like the you know super artsy, interesting, challenging staging? Do you have the Ain't yep. Too Proud, the like really commercial? We're rehashing music from the past. Do you have Tootsie, the like kind of in between, like we're taking a piece of media but reinterpreting it, but kind of messing it up along the way? Do you have the mm-hmm. Beetlejuice, which is just like the popcorn musical, um, or yep. do you have the Prom, which is wholesome and original and campy and and like really, I think very tried and true musical theater of all of these. Mm. Um, yeah, like, they all feel like solid musicals. Yeah, there's and, nothing there. I'm like, there's there's too much going wrong. But they're all they're, they're all solid. very different in style um, and like niche, uh, yeah. which makes this a fascinating season. Totally, absolutely. Like we're we're um, we're seeing a divergence of our art form, which is cool and interesting. So important. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like big enough that there can be differences inside of it. Yep. Um, yeah. I, I'm excited for the Tonys this year. Yeah. I wasn't last year. No. Mostly because of fear that once on the island wouldn't win. But um, I'm, I'm excited this year. Like, yeah. I'm, it will hopefully be a really fun night. Yeah. James James Corden is hosting again. I thought he did a good job last year. He did a really good job. He, I So... This is totally... I didn't expect to talk about this. Um, he did a podcast with David Tennant. David oh, Tennant does a podcast now. Fascinating. Um, and it's called David Tennant Does a Podcast With... Dot, that's, dot, dot. that's a good name for podcast. Um, completely. Uh, it does something with James Corden. And I was like, oh, James, I forgot that I liked you. Yeah. Like, it reminded me of, like, the History Boys James Corden. Yeah. The Gavin and Stacey James Corden, where I'm like, oh, the like, Brit- basically the British James Corden. I think, I think his American talk show has maybe like him less. Like, I don't like his, like, yeah. carpool karaoke and some of that, yeah. like, bullshit he does. Yeah. But, like, the his his uh, Servant of Two Masters performance on the Tonys a couple one, years ago. One Man, Two Governors. One Man, Two Governors. Same thing. <laughs> Servant of Two <laughs> Masters. Is that a thing or did you just make that up? Uh, there's a, there's a saying, servant of many masters. Maybe that's just an American wow. saying. Wow. Um, servant of two masters. Whoops. Love it. Balls that one up. Um, Sounds like a fun night. Right? Uh, <laughs> but he just seems so wholesome and sweet and, you yes. know, I'm, I am, he seems like a good choice. Um, like I'm over and the he, Neil Patrick Harris dynasty. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like he, he, like James Corden loves musicals and he yeah. loves the theater. Yeah. Like I'm. I'm more than happy for yeah. him to be holding the reins. Who it should be, mm-hmm. and if it isn't next year, ugh, Rachel Bloom. At 100%, absolutely. I'm um, ready for her to just own Broadway. Yes. I don't know if that's a possibility. Uh, but she should. <sighs> I, was, I was thinking about this because there was a time I briefly made an underappreciated social media post about <laughs> the campaigning for Rachel Bloom and John Mulaney to host the Tonys. I remember this. Um, I retweeted it. Because they both had, had expressed interest around the same time. But in yep. that time I was thinking about it, and I think about it now, has there been – I guess Whoopi Goldberg and Rosie O'Donnell have hosted award shows. But mm-hmm. ladies are very underrepresented in – hosting the EGOT award shows. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously Ellen. Yeah, I guess Ellen too. Yeah. Uh, Tina Fey, Amy Poehler. But I think for uh, the Tonys... For the Tonys? Has it ever... 
Ben Whippy. Whoopi, yeah. If I can be Mary Poppins, anybody can. <laughs> that was iconic. It's one of my favorite quotes. It was quotes. so good. <laughs> it was so good. True. Um, it needs to be Rachel Bloom. Yeah, sure. She needs to win a Tony. Sure. I don't know how we get her winning a Tony. That's, just give but her she an, needs to win a Tony. Give for her, her an work. honorary one. Just pretend she's going to die soon. This is the if campaign I, she needs to run. <laughs> to be honest, just fuck the Tony. Give her the ego. Yeah. Like she's done enough work for it. I can't wait till we do. Yeah. Uh, crazy ex-girlfriend podcast i gotta watch all of it whereabouts are you episode two full stop uh-huh and you already love her i have seen plenty of clips um i really Bet enjoy patty lapone singing um oh. it's like we're jewish because we suffer or whatever exactly. that song is yes <laughs> Oh, uh, Tommy, I'm so I'm more excited for you for this. Uh, than no, it seems so good. She's on the my other favorite musical theater podcast, Off Book, um, where they improvise musicals. Everyone's she's done on. an episode of Off Book. She's, she's done at least one. I think she's done a couple. <gasps> you should look it up. You'd love it. Oh my god, I can't um, wait. Yeah, no, she's really good. Um, I really. She's one of my all time favorite humans. Yeah, she's at my dinner table. Yeah, good. Yeah, good. I do. I do think it is worth mentioning in this point, and something I don't think we talk about enough. Is that mm. the Tonys, despite being billed as a, an award show, is mm-hmm. really a three-hour-long commercial. Um, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. like, we analyze, we go into this stuff, and half of this stuff is just, you know, so people can sell tickets. And that's okay. I, I don't yeah. think that's a bad thing, right? Um, it's not, because it, it keeps the art form right. that we love alive. Right. But it does mean there is an artifice about this whole thing that, yeah. you know, we don't explicitly talk about as much. And that's okay. I think it is okay because it, it, it's one of those things when you start to peel that back, you know. You start questioning all of it. You do. And it's not, it's not foolproof. Right. It's not foolproof. No. There's a lot going on that isn't controlled by yeah. the producers. Right. Well, and, you know, musical theater is such a bizarre art form because it is used to be the number one most far-reaching art form before the invention of television, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. And, and now is way down the pole. Yeah. And, like, also is incategorizable. Like, we try to draw these lines between these things, but really they're the result of a diverse set of artists creating bizarre and weird, interesting things that we kind of clump together into one art form based on locale, basically with Tony's, the most thing that ties them together is that they're all on basically the same street in New York. Um, Other than that, they don't have a lot in common. Um, And so of course, any kind of connection or artistic line we draw between these things is, is super like is shaky at best. (laughs) Yeah, completely. I I just feel like, in terms of creation and in terms of artistic expression, Mm -hmm. musical theatre is still one of the big commercial ones that can try things. Yes. For the first time. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I've mentioned it a thousand times, but it's one of my favorite um, interviews with Matt Parker and Trey Stone. um, Yeah. Where they talk about Book of Mormon and how it's the first time they could literally just say whatever they want between South Park and their movies and things. There's no FCC. There's no, uh, what is it? The MPAA. Um, like 
it's you there there's no censorship bureau on broadway really you just do what you want short of like murdering someone like physically yeah like other than like physically harming someone on stage which even what was that show a couple years ago uh natasha uh, pierre and the great comet of 1812 yes. no not that one <laughs> uh 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 1984 um is right? it where there there was like there's some like torture scenes in it or something and they like people were worried that it was that they would get picked on that that like people were physically getting hurt on stage Oh, I see. Really? I didn't yeah. know that. Um, I think. Wow. I might be misremembering this. I mean, that sounds right for the story. Right. Like, um, you know, like that's, cool. that's as much outrage. Like, that's how far you have to go on Broadway to find legitimate outrage. Not our kind of, like, manufactured fanboy outrage. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. No one censors Broadway. And that's really cool. Yep. Yep. And I think this season... Yeah. Is cool. Because yeah. we have Hades Town sitting beside the prom. Yes. Yes. And sitting, both have a, a huge right to be there. Sitting beside Beetlejuice. Like Yeah. You yeah. Know, who could have predicted that? As as much as we poo poo some of these movie adaptation recognizable commodities, it has become a part of our art form and when people do it well, it should be recognized. Totally. But I'm now like I'm now no longer looking hopefully pawing hopefully at the door of off broadway to be like please give me some art because i'm fine with it here yeah like it it can and has made it it is i do think we are entering entering a new interesting world of and it makes me very excited of being able Mm. to more publicly witness the writing process of all these things like hades town ain't too proud Tootsie, every single one of these had out of town tryouts. Very and public. A, a big history. Big every history, out of town tryouts. Um, Hades Town, like a bunch of them have pre existing recordings of previous casts. Yeah. You know, Hades Town has a long history of like variations oh on a theme. Um, and that's cool. And that's the sort of thing that used to be really, like, I, maybe not intentionally so, but kind of hidden, right? Yeah. You don't, you, no one, you know, talk about spider-man right that was the 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 big controversy it's like you can't review it till it opens but it's been in previews for two years um and we've kind of we're entering a new realm where we're past that and that's cool as as an artist it is nice to know that people can be a little more open about the their process i understand the impetus to want to hide it and it's nice to be able to see bits and pieces yes sir so We'll see you next Sunday. We'll see you next Sunday. 73rd Tony Awards on uh, CBS. It It is CBS. uh, I don't know when it airs. We're all in different time zones. Jimmy's going to be staying up all night to watch it. I'm going to be tired. But it's okay. I don't work on Mondays. Uh, And I think that's the real reason why the Tony Awards are great. Because they know that. And that's why they they know you don't work on on Mondays. Excellent. Well, then... You can use that Monday to explain what the hell six is to me. But we can talk about oh, that later. Oh, good grief. This is the thing. You know, we've been we've been on a little break. Sure. But stuff has happened in that break. <laughs> <laughs> that we need to talk about. We need to. And we will. Um, but not right now. Yeah. We're not gone. No. 
you can always find us on the internet. I'm Musical Mash on Twitter and Musical Theater Mash on YouTube sometimes. Yep. And I am Asin Hendrix <laughs> on Twitter and, and Instagram. I'm shouting at Instagram, bitch. There you go. Do it. What I is, don't post there. Either. What is an Instagram? Um, or you can check out our show Twitter at Jim Atomic um, or our website, jimatomic.com, which has a link to our Patreon. We Hey, patrons thanks for sticking around we like you guys thank you so much for sticking around <laughs> i don't know why you did but it's it is actually really nice and the thing is you know we see these messages and we see you all coming through and we as we just needed to take a little bit of time yeah i you know if if you've followed either of us on the internet for any time i think i've spoken about this in bits and pieces for a long time i don't like to talk about like the fits and spurts that i think artists no. feel on the internet because that's boring and who cares exactly. um, that's not what that's not what the world needs no my, my woes yeah and it's you know life gets busy we have lives this is our hobby it will always be our hobby and yeah. we'll come back to it whenever we can like right now exactly we're here yay I need everyone to know that Jimmy just took a drink of water from what I assume is a very nice water bottle, but over Skype, it looked like a bottle of mustard, and I thought he was just <laughs> squirting mustard into his mouth. Just... Dust it off No, it's a lovely water bottle um, made by Built, New York. It lo- it's very... That's Built, New York. <laughs> Call us for Chilling sponsorship. your water every day. I don't know where they take it. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply.